Welcome back to another episode of Hashing It Out with Javi. This is episode 23. Uh, this episode is going to be known as the Dad Cast. Uh, I'm here sitting with my friend uh, Gilbert Regalado and uh, Victor Vega. Um, hey guys, what's going on, man? What's happening, what's Javi? Up? Thanks well, for having us back. Shit, thanks for coming. You guys drove all the way up here, man. Down here, right? Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. So I just wanted to have a podcast to talk about uh, the experience of being a father, you know, whether that's a a father that's in a relationship, a single father, whatever it is, and just kind of go over um, our experiences, you know what I mean? And I think uh, there's a lot of single fathers these days and, and uh, a lot of fathers in general, right? I mean, just fathers all the time, right? But but I think there's a lot of single fathers and I kind of wanted to touch on that myself personally, but I also wanted to hear your experience of, you know, how it was being a father. I know, Gil, you, you have kids? Many. <laughs> and one grandchild. Oh, he's a gilf. Yeah. <laughs> or a dilf. No, no, it's a gift, it's right? A grandfather. Gilf. Both. <laughs> I guess he's both. Yeah. All right. Uh, tell me about your experience, man. Like, you know, how old were you became like a, a father? Um, I was 16 when I found out that I was going to be a dad. Um, I was working at Dino's Pizza on the Mesa Ooh. back in the day. Rest from in Santa Barbara, you probably remember that. And uh, I, was, I was on a break uh, playing some video games right there. And the uh, mother of my children, who we had just... We weren't weren't in an official relationship, but we were seeing each other, and we had just ended that. But she came in, so she we weren't on really talking terms. So, but she came in, she knew where I worked, and she handed me this pink piece of paper, and walked out. <laughs> so I opened it up, and it said Planned Parenthood on it, and it said you're going to be a dad. You know, so it said that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's how I found out. I I called her immediately after my shift, and. It, it it wasn't uncommon in my family that, hey, you become a parent at 17. And so I just, I adjusted to that and I said I wanted to be with her. And if we were going to have a kid, then, then I wanted to be a family. So it took some convincing, but we made it happen. And from there, I don't know what it was. I was always on birth control uh, or she was. And, but we just kept having them. We did the shot. We did the tea. We did the the pregnancy pills and the condoms. So they kept coming, and and by twenty one, I had uh, all four all four kids. So, but so you were sixteen, your first one. Sixteen when I found out when I when when I was seventeen, she got pregnant with my son, and she already had a two year old okay um, daughter herself at that time. And so when I when like I said when I committed to, to making a, us a family, that meant all of us. So I took the two-year-old in, and I mean, it it feels weird even saying that she's not mine because she's mine. Right. And that's how it was ever since that time. Okay. So you had four by the time of 21, though. Yes. And one was hers. One was hers. So I had three <clears throat> biological, but I had four um, all together, yeah. And none of the uh, safe sex stuff worked, huh? None of, none of it. Dang. Not not for me, anyways. That's scary, man. Yeah. I'm, uh, you know, I'm an old man, and yeah. that scares me. Well, you know, the pills they say you got to take them at a certain time and understand the condom thing, and that was the first one. But like the shot, yeah, that's yeah. supposed to be a three year plan. The tea, that's supposed to be a, a five to ten year plan. Right. They say there's that point one or point five, and I guess I was just that was uh-huh. it for us. <laughs> <laughs> we were those. Uh, we were those ones right there. So, so what was your, uh, you know, when you were 16, right? And you found out you were going to be a dad. I mean, what did you feel at that moment? Was it, was it like, a, was it, were you scared? Were you excited? Uh, I was, I, w- I would say I was, a uh, yeah, I was intimidated of the, of what was to come. And, uh, 
you know, my first reaction was, especially because we didn't have a strong relationship. Like I said, we weren't even together. Right. Was to what are the alternative options here? (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, she was, she wanted to, to keep my boy. And, and I, once she made her decision, I was all for it. And my main concern at that time was just, I didn't want to have a broken family. If we're going to be, if we're going to have kids, I wanted to be a family. And if not, then let's make that hard decision early on. But, uh, but other than that, if we were going to do it, then let's do it. I I was, I'm the oldest of, of five. So I already, I I knew what it was to raise little kids. Um, I got to babysit my brother and sisters as early as like seven, eight, nine, ten. I was watching them grow up and, and so to me, like I said, my family has a lot of history with having kids early. So it was nothing out of, to me, it was normal. And I just thought it was my time. Damn. So this guy had kids young. Yeah. I didn't have mine until I was 23. Well, I found out when I was 23. Yeah. You know, actually, no, I take it back. I found out when I was 22, but he was born when I was 23. But I it just, I remember at 23, I was, uh, I dealt with it differently. <laughs> I had a, a subconscious change in my mind that scared the Holy bejesus out of me. We'll cover that a little bit later. But well, you it, know, when you're a teen, you think you're invincible. Yeah, that, that had a lot to do with it. But I'm sure if I had a a little bit more experience, I probably would have been more scared. Oh yeah. yeah. So so for me, um, well, let's talk talk to Victor first, then I'll cover my situation because mine's got a little bit of a funny story for sure. Victor, what, what was your experience uh, finding out? You know, like when you were finding out that you're going to be a dad. So I was uh, 24 when. Uh, I found out that when she was pregnant, my daughter's mom, <clears throat> and um, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. I think we were we were in a relationship. I had known her since we were. I think I was twelve, and she was eleven. She she grew up in Galita. I grew up in Santa Barbara, so we always knew each other since we were kids. And then, um, and then I was going in and out for years. So yeah. the system. So we never really like had a relationship. And then, um, when I was like twenty three. 23 uh, we reconnected again and then i went back to prison just to finish off my like my parole and then i got out and uh while i was in there she was like you know taking care of me we were talking and reconnecting and i got out and um she was living out of town but we were just spending time together and i was i i was in the uh, train of thought i was uh 24 was like you know i'm gonna settle down for a little bit kick back and so um um we were trying to have a baby, right? Like, so it wasn't action. There was no protection. I think we were trying to. Oh, have you a were baby. trying to? Yeah, we were trying because we, wow. we were in a relationship. That's that good sex, right? You ain't worried about nothing. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't know about what it's like to try for one. <laughs> yeah, I've never tried for one, bro. <laughs> it did pretty good. I was I was younger then. So See, he was doing it right. At least he was doing it right. I mean, mm-hmm. in that sense, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and I, I just I remember uh, one day uh, um, she's like, "Hey, I'm gonna pick you up, and, and we're gonna go to the beach. I have to talk to you." Well, no, she's like, let's just go to the beach, right? And so we went to the beach, and, and she had a little blanket, and she laid out the blanket, and uh, she didn't give me a pink paper. She <laughs> showed me the, the test. So it was there, yeah. <laughs> and she stayed there. So she showed me the test, and I was happy. I was really happy. You know, I was at a good point in my life at that time. So it was cool, and then we told my mom, and, and uh, my mom gave her a hug, and I never see my mom get, like, you know, that emotional. So yeah. it was cool to see that, That's you cool. know, and so... She was born when uh, I was 25 years old, and so I was there, and I was there in the in the room with her and everything. But um, yeah, so um, it didn't work out with the mom, but 
um, it was at a time in my life where I thought I was really, really ready. Yeah. Um, I don't think I was, though. I don't think I was. <laughs> As we get know. older, we look back and yeah. go, damn, we probably were not just kids having kids, you know? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Gil, for sure. 16. <laughs> damn, boy. 16 when I found, yeah. When you found out, 17 yeah. when you had them, yeah, for sure. I started trying, I started the <clears throat> act of uh, making them earlier than that, you know. Right, yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was, yeah. We were cochinos on the east side of Santa Barbara, <laughs> for sure. Um, so my my, my story is uh, uh, kind of a wild one. Like me, you know, the mother of my child, we were pretty much like a, a friends of benefits thing for a long time, for many years. Um you know, we had gone through a lot of stuff over the years together and, uh, you know, she basically told me I'm pregnant and I said, Oh shit. Well, we weren't expecting, you know, she had said she was on birth control, that kind of thing. Um, definitely not planned. Um, I was 20, I think it was 22 at the time when she told me. And, uh, you know, I'm one of those people that like, I'm a horrible liar, so I can't keep things from people if it's mm -hmm. important. I mean, I can keep a secret, but if it's, you know, with a friend or a family or someone I really care about, it's hard for me to kind of keep things that I think they should know. So, uh, we had made plans to tell my parents together at some point. Um, but it was funny cause we went to my uh, parents' house and we were having dinner at my parents' table and stuff. And I look over at my mom and she looks at me. I'm like, Oh God damn it. She, she knows, she knows something's <laughs> yeah. going on, you know? And I'll, she didn't know though, but I just felt that cause if you know my mom, my mom was a really good mom raising me, but she was also very strict at a lot of times. And, I was like, I can't keep this from her anymore. I'm like, mom. She's like, what's up? And I look at my base mom and she looks at me. She's like, no. I'm like, she's pregnant. And my mom goes, what? <laughs> she screams, bro, at the table. She goes, what? And I go, she goes, what? And I, I said, she's pregnant. She goes, what are you guys going to do about that? <laughs> like, because we were, I mean, in her mind, I mean, base mom was like three years younger than me. So, you know, I was like 23. She was probably like 20 at the time. I'm like, uh, we're going to have a kid. And she's like, my mom was just completely like shocked. It wasn't, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a loving experience by any means. Did you and baby mama have the talk of abortion or keep it? Yeah, there's a whole story behind that. I want to dig too deep into it. It's a little personal. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I don't want to, as much as her and I, you know, we're not, yeah, yeah, we don't gotcha. talk or whatever. But uh, at that moment, it wasn't an option. Gotcha. Uh, so, uh, but long story short is, uh, you know, I was shocked. Uh, I wouldn't say scared, but there was something subconsciously in me that changed <clears throat> that was like, all of a sudden I had this new thing that was on my mind that wasn't there before. Uh, and I dealt with it uh, in a way that was, um, I don't know if I would call it extreme, but just different. Um, and I didn't know what was going on with me at the time. Like, cause I started feeling really anxious and I didn't even know what anxiety was to that point mm -hmm. in my life. Uh, and the funny thing about it is that, uh, you know, a few months later into the process of her being pregnant, you know, her and I, you know, I went to all the doctor's appointments with her. Like we were, we were super, although we actually, by the way, we weren't even together at the time, but I would, you know, be there for her and that kind of stuff. And Did that automatically make you <clears throat> feel like you guys were together though, or it was still not that we were super cool through the entire thing is what I would say. Um, you know, early on in her pregnancy, we were definitely together. I would say like halfway through it's kind of on and off again, but we were still always talking, you know, um, like I said, I'd be at all the doctor's appointments. We would totally um, be around each other quite often. And, um, but, you know, towards the tail end of that, uh, of her pregnancy, I started getting really, really like anxious. I didn't know what, what it was. I actually felt like I was physically sick. Um, started losing a bunch of weight. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't keep any food in my body. It'd come out of both ends. 
just extremely, extremely ill. And, uh, so I went to the doctor. Well, I ended up in the doctor because one day I was sitting in the office and, uh, started having like really bad heart palpitations, like a violent ones, like where I can feel them in my chest, like beating against my chest wall with my hand. And I was like, I think I'm having a heart attack. And so I went to the, I went to back then, remember uh, St. Francis? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I drove, I drove myself to St. Francis from Carpinteria to St. Francis. I worked in Carpinteria at the time. And, uh, you know, I show up and the nurse is like, okay, sit down, whatever. And we'll get you checked. in." I'm like, I'm having a heart attack. I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> She's like, you're not having a heart attack. You wouldn't be here talking to me and standing mm-hmm. if you're having a heart attack. I'm like, ma'am, I'm having a heart attack. She's like, you're not. So I grab her hand and I put it on my chest. She goes, oh my God. And I said, I told you, I'm, something's going on in my chest right now. So they put me on EKG and the doctor's like, you know what? Your chart, your heart's all over the charts right now. I call my mom. I'm like, mom, I'm at the hospital. She's like, what? Like, I think I'm having a heart attack. She's like, oh my God. So my mom shows up and I'm like, um, Long story short is it for a couple months, I was feeling really sick and really ill. And the doctor goes, I don't know what's going on with you, man. You're healthy, but let's send you to some specialists. I did. I literally, they put me through like, man, I swear to God, it was like hundreds of tests. And finally I got back to my doctor. He goes, man, you're as healthy as an ox. We don't know what's going on. You're definitely stressed out about something. Your heart's all over the charts. He's like, has anything changed in your life? And I was like, no, he's like, nothing's changed your life. There's nothing stressful going on in your life. I was like, no. He's like, dude, think, I was like, he's like, think deeply, like nothing's different. And I was like, well, I'm going to be a dad. He's like, oh shit, this is anxiety, bro. You're just super anxious. And I was like, but I didn't know because subconsciously I had no idea what anxiety was. It was just a subconscious thing. You know what I mean? But why when even, even when he asked you, it didn't register that you were going through a big change. Cause I didn't, I just thought I was going to be a dad. I thought it was like, that's the normal thing. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, no big deal. No big thing. But, but you know, what's funny though, is I can pinpoint it back to, and this is a funny story back to the moment that I felt that anxiety come into my body, I can pinpoint it back to one time. And it was me hanging out with a bunch of my friends at the time, a bunch of my homies at the time. And there was like four or five of us playing dominoes. And, uh, you know, we're sitting around a table and we're having beers or whatever. And we're talking and, and uh, someone said like, damn, Javi's going to be the first father out of all of us, you know? And I, and I was like, I know that's crazy. I got to respond. I got to be responsible for this kid until I'm 18. And my cousin goes, hey, stupid, it's for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And at that moment is when I felt the anxiety come into my body. And I remember, like, as I look back and I'm like, oh, that's when it started, you know? That's when it sunk in. That's when it sunk in. And it it just, but for whatever reason, because I was so distracted with everything else in my life, I was a wild kid back then. I wasn't even thinking that, like, that the illness that I was feeling had anything to do with that, you know? I literally thought, I, I genuinely thought I was physically ill. And that's when I realized how powerful the mind was. It's like, yeah. It controlled your heart. Yeah, it was powerful, man. I'm like, hey, the mind's powerful, man. And not just the mind, because it wasn't my thoughts that I was producing. It was subconscious thoughts. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. you didn't purposely mean to do it. So what stopped it? Or did you get better after you found out? Um, I started, well, so once I knew what it was and I knew yeah. that it wasn't physical, that helped a lot because I know it's like, okay, I'm not dying of like a heart attack or something. Yeah, I'm crazy. doing this. Yeah, I like there's something going on in my mind here that's not right. So I just really upped up like a lot of cardio and a lot of other stuff that helped out. Um, the funny thing is that the anxiety has never really left me. It's stayed with mm-hmm. me over the years. Um, and you never had it before? Uh, I had it, but I would say if I experienced, it was nothing like that. I had experienced anxiety, what I would call anxiety today before that. But that was like extreme. Like it was like I wasn't able to function extreme. You know what I mean? I was, uh, there was times where I wasn't a very pleasant person because I was like, I feel like I want to crawl out of my skin. Like I don't feel good. Like I feel sick, you know, and to lose the amount of weight. There's pictures of me when my son was born today, you know, minutes after he was born, he's in my arms and I look like just a skinny pill like thing, you know? And I'm like, dude, I, 
did not feel good in that picture. You know what I mean? Like I was, I was excited and ecstatic and like it was a life changing moment for me, but I was, I felt very physically ill at the time. Um, but, uh, yeah, anxiety is something that people got to pay attention to, man. The subconscious mind is powerful. I, I actually think about that sometimes when my daughter is, my daughter's 16, when she's going through stuff or doing things, I'm like, do I got to always deal with it? Is this like a rest of the life? And I'm like, yeah, it is. Uh-huh. And I'm like, damn. It's forever, man. Yeah. It's a forever thing, you know? What I found out, though, is, is it's much easier on me if I'm, trying to worry or, or be concerned or help somebody else with their feelings than be in my own head about mine. And so with, you know, with four kids, it's, I've had plenty on my plate to yeah. think of other than myself. So that's been helpful. Well, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, that's why like, you know, if you guys see like on my, on my Instagram page, I, I talk about like, you know, mental health, especially amongst men often, because, <clears throat> you know, at, at the age of 23, I had no idea what that even was. I didn't even know what anxiety was, you know, until the doctor was like, uh, the doctor literally like hit himself the forty. He's like, oh my God, this is anxiety. I was like, mm-hmm. dude, I'm sick. This is not, whatever you're saying this is, it's not that I'm physically sick. He's like, no. All your charts say you're healthy. This is, you're just something going on with your brain, bro. He's like, and you got to figure that out. And I was like, damn. So it's important to keep, keep a, keep a check on that. And I, and I'm glad that in today's times, um, we're talking a lot about mental health, especially for men. You know I mean? It's, it's an important thing. Um, I'm happy that that's a thing that that is going on today because it was not like I said at 23 I had no idea even what that was. Absolutely. So um, curious to hear about your guys's um, you know as far as being a father like was there any challenges or difficulties you faced you know uh, early on you know being a parent? Uh, always, always. <clears throat> um, in me in particular, with my like I said when I had my son, I I had my with my my oldest daughter who is already two and so she was raised a certain way a lot different from how i was gonna raise my kids right and so i literally had to like break her like a wild stallion or something (laughs) you know as you would put it and fortunately for me i had a a mom that helped me i had my whole family there to help me and so I had like, I knew I had a map of what to do. And so that helped me a lot with being able to get her to go to, to get her disciplined and try to teach her the best methods of what I thought at that time for, for growing up. And, uh, that was, I know that was a struggle. And with the, with the other kids, they were all close together, which that helped me a lot. And I'm still thankful for this day that they were all together in such close age because now that they're they're they all got to grow up together. They were like their own support systems. So that that helped me a lot. But what came with that is like all their individual problems were all come amplified at the same, <laughs> at the time. same time. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that 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 was that was something for me. But other than that, it, it was just you're going to go through it. And it's just yeah. rolling, rolling with the punches and being, being a youngster yourself. Like I remember thinking when you're an adult, you just know everything. You got everything all set. <laughs> Stupidest and, thought we ever yeah, had. Huh? And I'm sure my kids are thinking of me like that, but that's just not the case at all. You got your work, you got your bills, you got, you know, your, your woman that you need to, to keep happy and satisfied as well. And food on the table. And it's just a whole lot that 
as a little kid, you don't even think of what the grown what the grownups are going through, yeah. and that was that was heavy for me at at such a young age. And I think as a little kid, you don't even realize that your parents. Something that I've learned now, like I look back now, I'm thinking like, damn. And I look back at when I do like time checks in my mind, right? I think like, man, my mom was twenty seven years old back then. You know, I'm like, and I think like, man, she didn't have it figured out. I don't have it figured out now. Like, how you know? So I, I think it's it's really important to. Well, I don't know if it's important, but it's it's cool that we recognize that as we get older that, like, we always thought, like, our parents had it figured out, right? Like, yep. if you're a little kid, and, like, you're five years old, like, oh, my mom knows everything. My dad knows everything. And then you, you look back when you're their age, you're like, I don't know shit. No, yeah. they didn't know anything. They were just, Still we're all just kind of winging it in life, you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Just trying to get to the next point. And, and um, I've, I've talked to my kid about that. We've had some challenges in life, you know, and I'm like, hey, man, I'm doing my best with what I, what I was given, what I have. Um, but I'm not perfect. I'm never going to be perfect. And the reality is, is I don't have it figured out. And someday when you're my age, you're gonna look back and go, damn. Yeah. I, I don't have it figured out. No, he didn't have it figured out. You yeah. Know? Well, I'm just kind of winging it. So and that communication to me is strong. You got to be vulnerable enough to let, to let your kids know that. Cause you want to be the protector. You want to be the ones that they know that they could come home and give you all their problems. But that also doesn't mean that you can't let them in on what you're going through. Right. And, and to me, at least what I went through with my parents, it's going to come out either way. Right. You know, so you might as well be open and vulnerable with them. And, and you could still be that protector. If anything, it builds a stronger relationship. Yeah. Because now they see you as a person and their parent. And their parent. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, those things, it's just uh, looking back, I, I even to this, I mean, I had this thought the other day. I was like, man, thinking about, my, thinking about myself at a certain period of time, like, man, my mom was only that age at the same time. And thinking about her and my stepfather and I was like, man, they, they did an exceptionally well job, you know? So, you know, I think parents should, um, if I could say it this way, parents shouldn't be so hard on themselves sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I think parents are really hard on themselves, especially in today's day and age with social media, everything else, you know, everyone thinks everything's perfect. Life is not perfect. Not at all. <laughs> Being a parent is not perfect. You're going to make mistakes. It's not like when kids are born, you're given this handbook that God gives you and goes, Oh, this is how you're supposed to do it. You know? Yeah. No, I think you said it there. Javi. like, don't be hard on yourself a little bit you know because to, to sure. keep you sharp yeah. but other than that yeah you're supposed to make mistakes yeah. and when i look back at my parents and now that i'm an adult and they did let me in on so much of their issues and problems mm-hmm. at, at a certain age now i'm closer to them than than i ever could be because i do see them as people right. and and not just as my parents and i've tried to pass that down to my kids as well and now i you know i feel pretty damn close to my to my kids and uh from everything that they've brought to me, uh, I'm pretty sure that they feel the same towards me. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Vic? What challenges did you uh, encounter during the parenthood process? Um, I was just thinking about what Gilbert was saying, the communication part. Um, so sometimes what, I, what I've learned to do is like when I'm really stressed out or even some like once, once in a while, maybe like, I don't know, um, when I'm not really taking care of myself, I could deal with like mild bouts of depression and I just shut down, right? I shut down and I don't want to do anything. I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want to do anything. And um, I've talked to my daughter about it and I've, I've told her, I was like, look, every once in a while I'll get like this. It has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with you. It's just what I go through myself. And she's 16, so I could talk to her now, right? And so um, what, what I tell her is, look, when I go through these stages, I go, I just need to be just left alone. 
And if you don't really need me, then try to take care of yourself, right? If you really need me, then I'll, I'll do what I can for you. Right. And we've talked about it, you know? And then vice versa, when she goes through her time of the month, right? She wants to go in her room and she wants to put her candles on. She wants to listen to music, <laughs> right? She has her own bathroom, her own room. And, and I used to take it really personal, right? Like, why, why is she acting like this, right? So I educated myself on it, right. right? Because like you said, there's no handbook. Like, I've never had a period in my life. So I don't know how to feel or act. You're, you're, what, you they call, you're what they call yeah. a girl dad. <laughs> yeah, Gilbert's yeah. girl's, girl's <clears throat> dad. Uh, oh, yeah. All girls? Uh, no, three, three, one boy. One boy? Yeah. yeah. And so, so, yeah, you can't take it personally. Yeah, that's what I learned because it used to it used to hurt my feelings, right? My, why is my daughter acting like this? Especially if I would just <laughs> do something for her, right? Like take her take her somewhere, grab her what she wants, you know, she, you know, all those little things that the girls want. And and so, like, that communication that we have, right? And yeah. also, like, education, educating myself, right? Um, educating myself and reaching out to other parents has helped me a lot, right? I talked to... <clears throat> Especially to other moms, right? Because I can reach out to other fathers about teenage girls, right? And that helps. But I've, I've learned that I've got the best information from the moms, right? And they tell me, you know, you should try this. You should do that. And, you know, like her grandma helped me out a lot. Um, so that, 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 that communication, right? And um, like the, the, how Gilbert was saying, the human part, right? I got I to gotta remember sometimes. And it's hard. And I forget. I forget that. Yeah, she's my daughter and I'm in charge of her and, and you know, she's my responsibility. But I sometimes forget that she's a, a, a also a young girl. Yeah. You know, I forget about that part. And sometimes I can be too tough on her and I got to lean back. You know, it's in it and it's a it's like a, a constant internal battle with myself, right? Like how can I be I need to find that that balance, right? Well, that 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 good flow of like structure, discipline, but also letting her learn, also letting her live her life, protecting her, but also like letting her explore and, you know, and find things out on her own. And, and then just letting her know, right? Because um, just just being, you know, having her full time by myself, um, I get to deal with every single emotion that she goes through. And she's a teenage girl right now. So I'm just like, sometimes <laughs> I'm like, I don't understand it. Sometimes yeah. I'm just like, and it's not that I don't try to understand it, but I'm just like, Wait a minute, like... Wait, you mean gender's a real thing? <laughs> it's real, Javi, believe it or not, yeah. what, what right. you're seeing on social media. My pronouns are too poppy. <laughs> so that's, that's the hard part, right? I mean, it's just... Ah, oh, man. And I get it, she, she's a girl, and, 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 and I'm just confused sometimes, you know? And But, I, you know, I, I reach out for support. I don't want to... I don't want to fool myself to saying that I know everything, you know? And I don't... I didn't have my... Um, I didn't have that communication growing up, right? Mm -hmm. It was almost like here, I have this here, here it is, you know. Um, so I think, um, just learning to communicate with my daughter and uh, has been uh, the 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 one of the biggest challenges, you know. Um, because uh, when I ask her, like, why are you talking to me like that? like what like you know like well, you don't see yeah. it they yeah. don't see it yeah. you know they don't see there's too immature to see it and i've learned to to accept that and you know talk to her about it you know mm -hmm. and uh, um because i wasn't in my daughter's life for a big chunk of her life you know there's about maybe eight to ten years when i was <clears> in her life and that was my choice right so i've had to earn the privilege back of being able to be in her life full time and have her in my life full time right it wasn't just something that came to me i had to earn it back and, and now that I have it, right, I have to find that 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 balance of like, wait, 
Am I going to let my guilt run my parenting? Right? Or am I going to be a parent and just be a parent? And that's it, you know? So I think that's been the big thing for me. And and she's she knows their kids are smart, like we were talking about, right? They remember oh, yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. That kids remember, because I still remember stuff that my mom didn't do, do for me when I was a kid, oh, yeah. right? And we hold on to that resentment. And and so um, just it's been, it's been like up and down, but I'm still super grateful that... Um, that I have her in my life every day, regardless of her mistakes. Um, because, uh, I don't know, just last night we were, uh, we watched the last two episodes of Squid Games, you know? <laughs> and it, it was, that it show's was, crazy. Yeah, it, it was cool though, right? Because Stop, we were, we were, <laughs> cause we were just chilling, right? We were just chilling. We weren't even talking, but we were in the same room. She was on one couch, I was on another couch, and just things like that, you know, make it, you know, kind of makes me forget about everything else she puts me through through the week, you know? Right. So, you, you touched base Challenge. on something interesting when you said when she's going through that time of the month, you were taking it personal, like feelings hurt. Uh, as a young parent, I didn't feel nothing like that. I felt more like, don't talk to me like that. Yeah. More disciplinary. Yeah, yeah. And you I, took and it more personal, like, I, like in, yeah, from a like, reactionary perspective. So we took it personal, yeah. but we just took it personal <clears throat> differently. Yeah. And I think both can be, without that communication, both can be destructive to, to them because disciplinary-wise... Now they're taking it as, oh, I can't be emotional in front of my dad. Like I gotta, I gotta wait till I'm behind closed doors or with somebody that can actually listen right. to me and right. and I can pour into. And so, what I learned learned from that growing up as a parent was, it's like a storm. Like you can't predict Mother Nature. You don't know what she's gonna do. Mm. If the storm comes, you gotta buckle down, mm -hmm. yeah. go through it. And on the other end, that they're gonna be your girls again. But, yeah. you know, so I, I, I st there's no right way for me. I still don't know that. But, yeah, I try to do my best to just not take it personal. At the same time, I don't want them to be flying off the handle because that's not right either. They're going to need to know how to turn the volume up and down when they're at work, when they're at school, when they're dealing with other people. Right. So it, it's not easy. There is. Yeah. Like you said, there's no handbook, but com that's where communication is key. So your guys' your guys' journey is a little bit different because you guys have girls, right? So I, yeah. I always look at my really good friends that I grow with. They, they, they a lot of them have daughters, and I'm like, it changes them. I, I think I think daughters bring a tenderness to a man that most men don't have until they have daughters. No doubt. I, I didn't experience that. You know, I don't have that in me, right? It's probably why I'm a little bit of an animal still. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, just yeah. being honest. But uh, but but you know, the reality is 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 uh, I think that is a balance in, in humanity that's supposed to be there. You know. Um, when I hear you guys talk about your relationship with your daughters and I can only imagine how challenging that is. Cause it's like, you, it's hard to relate to right? It's how, how do you relate to that sort of, um, tender imbalance, right? When you're like, Oh, well, she's, you know, she's being emotional right now. Me, I don't deal with emotion, emotional people too well. Yeah. I'm like you, I'm like, just shut up and get over it. Let's move on. You know, fuck. Well, well, I think for, for me and maybe for you too, Vic is, I never, I didn't really get too much time to be the dad that just, oh, that's my princess. She could do whatever she wants because I, the, you know, my, the mom wasn't there. Right. So uh, that was always a concern in the back of my head is I got to do my best to balance it. Yeah. Difficulties, man. So for me, like, you know, you know, with my kid early on when he was, when he was young, you know, the difficulties are, the, you know, I would say from his age of, uh, well, let me say this for his first year of his life for not the first year, but the first, uh, I think from when he was like three months until about a year old, um, I actually got offered a huge opportunity in Orlando, Florida. So I moved to the East Coast on my own. 
I remember my mom being super mad at me that I was moving. She was like, not happy. Like, what are you doing? What are you going on? I was like, dude, this is, this opportunity is going to put me in charge of like a multi-million dollar project. Like I have a high school diploma and I've been kicking my, I've been kicking ass in this IT thing. Like, Cause I work in technology mm-hmm. for a long time. I was like, if I don't take this opportunity, I would be dumb. I would be remiss. I mean, they're paying a huge bonus to go out there. They're paying all my moving costs to go there and come back. It's a temporary time. It's better than any master's degree I was ever going to get in the, in the space. So I had, I had to take the opportunity. Um, but the, you know, the mother of my child and myself weren't together at the time. Um, they did, we did entertain the idea of moving out there together because the company would pay for both of us. They even flew us both out there and I took her to like Disney world and all kinds of stuff. And, um, but fly out there together as co-parents as parents potentially. Like together, yeah. So okay, it's a funny story. I'll tell it. So you know, I wasn't going to tell, but I'll tell it. So, uh, at the time, the the gentleman who um, saw, you know, a good opportunity, or he, he basically saw like a good uh, ability within me. His name was Javier Munoz, and he was a, a, a Puerto Rican guy, a very high level executive of a multi billion dollar corporation back in like two thousand, oh, Jesus Christ, uh, three, four or so. And uh, he's like, "Hey, man, we need you. We want we want you to come in." And he was like a hardcore Christian guy, like a family value guy from the south, you know. And uh, he's like, you know, I know you're not, you told me you're not with the mother of your child, but maybe if you guys moved out of your town and we brought you over here, maybe you got away from your typical day-to-day business, maybe things could work out. I was like, look, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I love her as a person, as a friend, but I'm not in love with her and, you know, things she does just really, they irk me. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if it's going to work out. And he's like, hey, and he literally begged me because he's that kind of guy, right? And he's like, look. I'll pay to send you guys out here. Like I'll fly you both out here. Um, I'll pay to send you to Disney world, to send you to look for apartments and houses and whatever you want. I'll do it. Just, just give it a chance. So he flew us out there. And unfortunately the entire time I was there with her um, again, cause I'm a very honest person. I was open and honest with her too about the situation. Um, but I'm just honest with myself more than anything. And I was like, it's not going to work out. Like, you know, not to be mean, but she would like breathe and I'd be like, Oh, you know, it's just one of those things. Like I loved her. I knew that, you know, we would be co-parents and that kind of thing, but it just wasn't going to work out as a relationship. So while, while I was there, part of the um, agreement was that I would make a decision while I was in Florida of what I was going to do, whether I was going to stay there. Cause the, op- the opportunity was I can go to Florida and make a ton of cash. There's no state taxes in Florida. It's like a fourth of what it costed in California at the time. Or I could stay here and only make like an extra ten thousand dollars a year. So the and not to mention that when I was in Florida, I was going to be given this huge opportunity that was going to be on my resume that was going to really spark my career, you know, going forward. Um, <clears throat> but I had to be realistic. So when I was there, I made a decision, and I got to meet um, some of the top executives of multi-billionaire corporation and sat in front of them and said, "I'll tell you what, I'll take the opportunity, but I'm not moving out with, my, with the mother of my child." And this is one of the ballsiest things I've done in my life, by the way. I said, that's right. Javi. But here's the deal though. I will take your opportunity, but on a condition that you find me back to see my son at least every other weekend, because the reality is when this doesn't work out, we're going to end up in court with the mother of my child. And that's all the custody I'm going to get. Cause he's still a baby. So if on your dime, you promise to find me back every weekend to see him or every other, actually it was every weekend. Um, then I'll take the opportunity. And they looked at each other. They said, done. And so for about 10, 11 months, I was in Orlando, Florida early on. That was, uh, the challenge there was being that dad that was only involved every other couple weeks, you know, so I'd fly back, 
Um, this was right post like 9-11, so a lot of stuff was going on. So traveling was kind of a pain in the ass. But and how old was your boy at the time? He was months old. Oh, okay. So yeah, it was probably between he was, um, I'd say, two months and a year. Um, and then I flew back when he was uh, on his first birthday. Well, I fly back often to see him. Mm-hmm. But um, I came back on his first birthday and he was really sick. Um, there was some issues going on where my mother had had him from extended periods of time. There was just drama going on. So I was like, okay, I got to get home. And I had only signed up for a year contract. So they were like, yeah, you can get out of here. Fine. Um, I had to fill my duty. But, you know, so I'd had, I had been a part of his life since he was obviously a baby. And then when I came back, immediately when I landed, I think it was the day after um, two good, two very good friends of mine. I won't say their name out of privacy issues, but um, I adore them very much. And uh, I said, hey, look, I want to get uh, custody of my kid. One of them was a notary. They're married and the wife is a notary. And I said, look, I call the mother of my child. She agreed to do 50-50 one week on, one week off. If we put it on a notarized letter, then we can take it to the court. They'll ink it for us and we're done. So like literally, I think it was day two or three after I was back when I got that inked. Got 50-50 custody. Had him 50-50 until he was like 10 years old. And then I got full custody. Um, you know, challenges though with him when he was young. I mean, he was a good kid. I didn't had no problems with him, you know. But it was a very much an amazing little boy. You know, he was just an awesome little kid. Um, you know, I didn't have much challenges. Uh, I think if anything, the challenges started when he turned into a teenager. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, you know? Um, and, and, you know, again, you know, after 10... You know, I had full custody of him. So my challenge just started really his teenage years. Uh, and when he was 10, wasn't a big issue. 11, not a big deal. 12, not a big deal. 13, I'd say he kind of coming of age. Um, I think there's a dynamic when there's like a single father, full, a full-time single father, right? Where there's no kind of feminine or female approach in the household at all. Uh, where there's a young boy and then there's a father and there's that kind of clash of titans, you know? Um, so I'd say if anything, the challenges were just uh, learning to deal with that um, cause I didn't really know. I'm, I'm one of those guys who's like, I have a no bullshit approach. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, nah, I'm not going to deal with that. I can do with that. Fuck that. Fuck this. That I'm that kind of person, you know? So, um, really learning in the same way you guys had to learn to deal with being kind of tender with your daughters. Mm-hmm. I had to learn to like swallow my pride with my son and be like, Oh, okay. Fuck. Yeah, man. And you know, it's, it's, it's a different thing. And, you know, and I know, um, I know a lot of single moms who have daughters who deal with the kind of same thing where there's that clash between mothers and daughters, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so my difficulties were that, and my difficulties are still that. Yeah, it's like the way I see it, Javi, is like w- we want our sons to see us as alpha males, dominant. Like this is, hey, this is who your pops is. But at the same time, if we always make them the betas, if we always make them fold to us, what kind of men are they going to turn into? Right. Yeah, I've had to learn. I'm still learning, man. He, he's 18 now, you know. He's a young now. He's a young man, and it's even more challenging because I'm like, "What the fuck? Are you? You're an adult now." No, you know, I'm like, I oh, feel you. My, my son's 20. You know, you're like, so, damn boy. You know, I, I think that I don't know. I I grew up without a dad. Yeah, right? yeah. So I didn't. I learned from the wrong people of how to be a man. Yeah. You know, so I went down the wrong way because of that. But um, I always wonder, like, what kind of man would I be today if I had that? that male figure in my life, right? My mm-hmm. mom was everything, but my mom didn't know how to communicate, right? She knew how to yell. She knew how to, you know, she knew how to make sure we had what we needed. But um, I, I just really can't, can't point my finger on how many times, like, hey, how's how's your day? What's going on? You okay? Well, you're quiet. Why are you, you know? It wasn't like, you know, when I would get in trouble, it wasn't like, 
it'd be like, why are you doing this? It wasn't like, what's going on? You know, it wasn't that communication, right? So, mm. um, I, I missed that, and I could tell I missed that, right? And I was thinking. You know, I accept where my journey took me and where I'm at today, right? Because I see it now. I see like, I see this, the purpose it served, but um, I, I try to just use what um, what I missed at home. Like, okay, well, you know, um, I didn't have this. I didn't have that. Let me try to give this to my daughter, right? And even, not just like financial stuff, but like the emotional stuff, right? The communication and, and just the little things, right? Like. You know, just being able to do things like, okay, let's go, let's go take a ride or let's go do this. Let's go do that. You know, and, and getting uh, her, like her cousins involved or her friends or whatever. Right. Um, but, um, there's just some things that there's just them things that are missed out, you know, when, when, uh, um, her, her mom isn't around, you know, big things. And I see it, I can see it in her, you know, I can see it in her and, and, and sometimes I just don't know what to do. And I wait because sometimes I just have to wait for her to come to me and be like, hey, you know, can we do this? Can you do that? You know, and it's hard sometimes, you know, um, I, I think. Yeah, it, it, I, I think uh, women that are listening to this podcast are not going, holy shit, dads deal with some shit, too. You know what I mean? Because I, I don't think a lo- I mean, I know there are women out there who are obviously in relationships with guys um, that understand what we're going through, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I, I think there's a lot of single dads out there that are going through this kind of stuff and it's amplified on top of that, you know what I mean? Um, so I think it's, it's it, honestly, it's it's kind of, it's, um, how do I say this? Uh, it's not cool, but it's it's nice to hear other, other fathers have challenges too, you know what I mean? Because, and not, not necessarily nice in the sense of like, oh, this is cool, but it, it, it lets me know that I'm not alone because I know there's a lot of fathers out there dealing with the same thing. I've been talking to friends lately and I've been dealing with the challenges of like a, you know, a young adult male now, you know, yeah, it's, I, it's a whole different challenge. I trip out that we're three males, single parents in the same room. Yeah. Like, <laughs> coming up with my parents going, I mean, with my kids going to school events and stuff like that, me being the only parent there, most of the time it was only the moms. Right. So, it, 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 but like you were, we were talking earlier, it's, getting more and more i don't know if you call it popular but more common more i common. would say that yeah there's single single dads out there yeah you know it's funny because i would you know people would be like <clears throat> oh like i tell my kid and stuff and you know well let me say it this way I, I often hear the thing of like oh you're a single dad that's awesome and i often get a lot of women who are like oh it's so attractive that you're a single father and i'm like why I'm just being a father. Like, you know, at the end of the day, I'm I'm just being a dad. I'm doing what the fuck I'm supposed to be doing. Like, I'm not doing anything special. And I, and I, and I make it, I make sure that people hear that often. Whenever I, whenever I hear that from a woman, I'm like, Hey, thanks. I really appreciate it. I really do. But I don't deserve any praise. I'm just doing what a father is supposed to be doing. At the end of the day, let's say the mother of my child, I mean, she's not been involved at all for, you know, better part of 10 years. But even if she was, and let's say she got, you know, killed in a car accident. I would still have to be a father to my child, right? I'm just doing what a father is supposed to be doing. I don't deserve any extra credit. I shouldn't be looked at as someone, whatever. But, but to your point, though, I think it is important to point out that um, there are a lot of single fathers today um, that are doing it alone, and and it is a challenge. I guess the difficulties uh, as a single father. I guess I should touch on this and take a step back when it comes to difficulties. Difficulties for me were like having that kind of rule sort of uh, 
uh, male kind of dominance perspective on anything on everything were, you know, if had I brought in somebody into the relationship of my, you know, into my life as a relationship and had my son, you know, known this person like, you know, feminine relationship, you know, a woman it, it brought into the household. Right. She would have given us kind of a different vibe in the household as a whole. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, and I think, you know, looking back on my life um, and this is just mine, but I'm not saying this, you know, is, is could be related. I'm not speaking for anybody other than myself. Like looking back hindsight, 2020, and I've had conversations actually in the previous podcast. I think the first one we ever did with my son uh, on my podcast is we talked about like, you know, I probably should not have put off relationships in my life. Like in other words, having relationships with the women. Cause I, early on I thought, you know, my son, he's in a pretty tough place. Um, his mother's not involved. She's basically skipped. She's not going to be involved at all. And I thought, you know, it was most important for me to focus on him and not anything else other than that. But I forgot about myself and about my own needs. And it's that old adage of like, you know, uh, you know, how can you pour into someone else's cup if your cup ain't full? Correct. And, and I think uh, looking back now, you know, at my wise old age, because I'm an old man mm-hmm. now, that, you know, looking back, I probably would have spent the first, you know, year or two really getting my son to a place where he needed to be. But I also probably would have, uh, now I know that I would have at least involved a woman in my life and brought a woman to my life into our household who could have helped um, bring that that vibe. Because I really think, you know, the the male and feminine energies are, are, when they're in balance in a relationship, especially when it comes to raising kids, it's extremely important. So, you know, that's just my perspective in my life, in my situation. I'm not saying that would work for everyone else. And I definitely can say that, like, you know, there's a lot of people who um, come to me and ask me questions about relationships and that kind of thing. And, you know, if they should be in a relationship while they're raising a kid as a single parent, um, I would say whether you're single or not, if it's more important for your kids to see you happy. So if you're in a toxic relationship, whether you're in an actual real relationship uh, with somebody or you're going to pull someone into your life, it's best for your kids to see you alone and happy versus together and toxic, at least in my opinion. You know what I mean? No doubt. So it's important to find the right one, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, but it's yeah. hard. Like, how do you know? You know, so Oof, that's the problem. Yeah. So and I wasn't willing to take that gamble because, you know, and that's but I mean, I guess I don't know. It's tough, man. We're living in a, we're living in strange times because there's a lot of single parent households, whether they're single moms or single dads. There's a lot of single parent households and it's a challenge. Yeah. To me, I think I'm more surprised now if I hear, you know, one of my kids are going to their friend's house and they say that that their uh, their friend has a mom and dad. I'm more used to hearing that <laughs> yes. it's the single. Yeah. Like the, the dad's there or the mom's there. Yeah. And so hopefully that, that comes back. Yeah. You know, hopefully yeah. that trend comes back. Too, but I don't know that it's been a trend for a long time now because when I grew up as a kid, and this is the thing too that I think people, I learned, I, I, I realize it now, but as a, when I was a kid, I gravitated towards just about everybody who came from broken homes. I don't think there was a single person in my life that were my f- good friends growing up from the age of, 10 through 30 that came from a home with both a mother and a father. Every one of them came from a broken home and not just a broken home, but a broken home that had domestic issues or Mm -hmm. whether it was domestic violence or cheating or abuse in some way, shape or form. Like I, you know, I gravitated to those kind of children in my life and those are my friends growing up. And I I didn't know looking back now, now that I think about it, I don't know a single friend who had a mom and father in the household. Not one, not one of my close friends growing up. So like yeah. you said, it's become a common thing. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that. You know, society has changed, right? 
Um, women now have, you know, they're, they're, they're independent. They can have, I hate that word, by the way, but I talked about that on a previous heard podcast. You go on that, yeah. I hate that. I'm not going to go down the, down that rabbit hole again, but, but you know, men and women are both financially stable now and can raise kids alone. That's what it boils down to. Um, and so, well, what do you think, Javi? Like, what about the women that have grown up without their fathers? To me, it's like there's, they've learned that or at least. Um, not, I would learn or think whatever we want to call it that they don't need a man right. because they were raised without a man right and that kind of trickles down to their relationships where it's not necessarily that you need somebody else but get somebody else that could compliment you and make the relationship ding, stronger ding 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 so I don't remember if it was Chris Rock or Dave Chappelle One of, I think it was Chris Rock it was Chris Rock like and I think it's bigger and blacker like in 1990 something he did a comedy show it's great comedy skit a great comedy special to this day. I know what you're saying. You know what he's talking about? Yeah, he says, know. look, we get it. It's whatever. It's 1990, whatever. You can do it alone. We fucking get it. We understand. But guess what? It don't mean it's the greatest fucking idea. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? At the end of the day, the most optimal thing is to have a man and a woman in a relationship to raise kids. It's the most optimal thing. It's the reason why it's in every religion. It's in everything else for, you know, since the beginning of time. It's because it's the most optimal thing. Now, in today's times, it's difficult for children because... We don't need each other. The sexes don't need each other to raise kids anymore. You know what I mean? We used to have to kind of have that. Uh, but now because of financial freedoms, we don't, it's just not a thing, you know? Well, but, maybe financially, but to balance a human being out, you yes. need both the male and the female, the <clears throat> right. feminine and the masculine. Right. I, yes. And and so that's, that's the challenge though, right? Because see, um, you know, females today have felt they've been held down for so long. And kind of been pigeonholed into these relationships for however long, you know what I mean? And so they're like, well, no, I can do it on my own. So fuck a guy. I don't need a guy. I get it. But again, it's not the most optimal thing. I mean, at the end of the day, I think we need to refocus. Well, I our think it goes both on. ways. Javi. Women may feel like that, but it's also there hasn't been a lot of males standing up to be men to those women. A hundred percent. And so, so I would absolutely a hundred percent concede to that in the past. If you look at the um, the fathers of our generation, weren't the greatest fathers, right? So, but here's well, here, I, I had a great father. I was fortunate. Lucky yeah, you, man. one of the fortunate ones. Lucky yeah. you. My dad was an abusive, drunk, alcoholic, you know, cokehead. You know what I mean? So, so, so lucky for I, you. i just I, I could I think about that right, and like my mom was married to my stepdad, and they were it's my sister's dad for like I don't know they were together I don't know how many years. But um, from during those times when they were together, right, and that male was in my life, um, never hit me, never cussed at me, but he disciplined me in his ways, right? He knew, he understood me because he paid attention and he knew, he knew how to get my attention. He coached my sports teams. Uh, he, he, like, brought the love for sports that I have because I love sports, right? Yeah. It, it isn't just something that, oh, I'm a guy that loves sports because there's not a lot of guys that love sports, right? Yeah. <laughs> And so during those times I had structure and I had that person and there was two parents in the house and and those were like the happiest times of my life. And I remember we would do things as a family. We would go out like it was just cool. He was a cool dude. Right. And I still talk to him to this day. And, um, but after he left, so now after he left, all this pressure fell, fell on my mom, right? Me and my brother and, um, my sister, but my sister would still see her dad. And I would like, <clears throat> I would love, to, I used to love going with my sister to go with her dad. And he was cool. And I'd go over there and we, he would 
he would still take time to spend time with me and he was still coach. But um, after a while, um, uh, during the time, like um, after they, they separated, after it had been a couple of years, like that's when I started like following. I started still looking for that, that male guidance, like I was talking about earlier. And I fell into the wrong path, you know, and I didn't have that. You know, my mom was always working. Right. Yeah. She could support us financially and she had assistance and we had the apartment and everything. Right. But that now being a single parent, I look like she was probably exhausted. She needed time for herself. She was in a separation. Um, She was she wasn't born in this country. So sometimes she had some struggles. She never graduated. She had to stick to a certain job, you know, and she had stress and all that. She had to take care of herself. And so as her being a single parent, it took away time from spending time with me. So I had to go find my own route and it didn't turn out good. It turned into a 20 something year uh, journey to get back to where I was to, to where I'm at today. Right. right? right. So, I mean, having both parents, like it, it's something I always wish I had, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and it wasn't like my father leaving. Wasn't like the typical homies father leaving. Like my dad, I don't know. I don't know. He ended up in Utah, went to, to a university out there and he married a chick out there and took care of her kids. Right, which is he wasn't in prison, he was in the attic or nothing like that. And a lot of the homies that I grew up with, like their parents were like that, right? So, but you know, having even now, right, when I go out and I take my daughter places, like we just came back from vacation from Hawaii, and like my friend's wife, a couple of my friend's wives were there, right? And my daughter, and 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 like they're my friends, right? One was my old pastor, and well, she's a pastor of mine that lives out of out of state. And then that was my friend's wife that I knew from a church that we used to go to church together. And my daughter would spend time with these women and I just watch. Right. And I see like that communication that she has with them. Right. Right. And my daughter could be like, she doesn't have the pressure for me and, and she could be a little girl and they understand her and like they could do their nails together and they could talk about clothes. I can't do that with my daughter. Right. <laughs> like, you know, mm-hmm. Wait, so, you want to put on your panties and talk to your daughter? <laughs> yeah. Come on, bro. <laughs> So Manny just, we, we've done we've done what, we've done a, a pedicure before, a pedicure, yeah. yeah. But I overpaid because I don't know the prices, right? <laughs> but um, but just watching my daughter and like the peace that she has and those things that she could do with another uh, another like female, yeah. uh, positive like female. I'm just like it makes me happy because I just sit there and I watch her, and she gets to be like a little girl, you know. Yeah. So that's like I mean that's one of the things that um that I kind of miss in my life, you know, when she doesn't have her, uh, she has a lot of aunts, so she gets to spend time with her aunts, you know, which is good. And she has good relationships with them. And, and like, um, you know, I always encourage my daughter, like I've, and I've told her, we've had this conversation was like, if you can't talk to me about something, please find someone to talk to about it. You know, yeah. find somebody, I don't care your friend, your aunt, your grandma, whoever it is, don't hold it in. I like that. You know, that's cause a good, cause, that's a good approach. Well, cause she's not going to talk to me about everything. You know, I already know that. I didn't talk to my, I couldn't talk to my mom about, damn, you know what happened today when we're at the park earlier? You know, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. You know? And I like that approach though, because I, I, this is what I like talking with you guys, because you guys always give me a different perspective and a good perspective on how to look at things, because I'm definitely not perfect by any means, you know? Um, I've struggled as a parent, um, uh, you know, what I feel I've done as best as I possibly can with what I was given, like, there's always other ways to look at things, you know? And so it's good to hear you guys. And it's good to know that, you know, like I said earlier, like there's other parents out there that are dealing with challenges, you know what I mean? At the end of the day and, and, uh, knowing how to, uh, knowing that 
those challenges exist in other people and they solved them in certain ways is a good way to kind of learn, you know? It's a learning process. Like I said, there's no book given to you. You can Go ahead, man. It's okay. And I think that's something that... that <laughs> Everyone, Victor's got to go pee-pee. <laughs> something that we all have in common, too, is because we're single parents, we've never... Well, maybe you had to go through... I know I did in the very beginning, but the pain of having to share your kid, Ooh, you know? Yeah. And to me, that, that was hard. It didn't last for long, but yeah. it was hard. Even my kids knowing that... I'm, uh, you're with me all week. You're going to go see your mom for the weekend. Yeah. The fact that they're still turning around and reaching out for you. Yeah. And you know, they're in good hands. Like their mom loves them. But yeah. I don't know that, that, that was painful. Yeah. My situation was different. I had a, uh, you know, I, I had, I had, uh, I had been fighting for custody of my kids for many years. Uh, really asking the court system saying, Hey, there's, there's a situation I'm concerned about. I had went through the court system, man, um, three, four times, spent tens of thousands of dollars in the court system in lawyer fees, trying to get full custody to my kid, begging the courts to understand that if you don't do something, something's going to happen, that kind of thing. Um, it even got to the point where, uh, I don't know, a couple of years before I got full custody, uh, the judge was like, hey, if you come back to court again, like it's going to look bad against you now because now you're just wasting the court's time. I'm like, no, I'm not. You don't understand. Like, I know there's a framework around the way of course, this one works, but you don't understand this particular situation. And, and, and when, you know, I always knew I'd get full custody. It was just a matter of time. And so uh, the 50-50 deal that I had with my baby's mama definitely sucked because it'd be like one week on, one week off, right? And literally I would drop him off at school on a Monday. She would pick him up. The next Monday she would drop him off and I would pick him up. Um, and I just knew, you know, based upon what my kid was telling me that it was, it's a tough time for me in that in that particular household, you know, and I and I knew, 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 knew. Uh, so for me, the drama really was concern. Mm-hmm. It was more concern than anything, um, absolute concern. And when I finally got full custody, it was kind of crazy because, um, you know, I was given custody because the mother of my child made some, you know, some serious mistakes, uh, and um, you know, I was awarded custody and outright full physical, full legal, and the judge. Um, I won't say I felt vindicated, but the judge, uh, when he gave me full custody, um, he didn't say sorry. And I, I don't want to paraphrase it, but basically, I guess I'll paraphrase it. But he basically, he was like, hey, man, I know you've been, you know, coming to court again and again and again to get custody. And sorry, it took this to give you custody. You know, he didn't say sorry. But in the in the words he put it in, I felt a little vindicated. Like, I see, I've been telling you fucking guys for a long time. This yeah. is why I wanted full custody. And, you know? and it's been a long time since you went through that battle. Oh, it's yeah. been a long time since, I don't know if you want to call mine a battle, but hopefully it's changed because I had my kids full time. I was paying every single bill for my kids. Oh, yeah. But it's because if the mom decides to go on Medi-Cal or, <laughs> or anything, you could be paying everything, but they want... They could still want food stamps or, you know, whatever help yeah. that child support automatically goes after the dad. Ugh. And if the dad goes in to plead his story, it's to me, I was ignored. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We heard this story before. Gilbert, you and, just gave me heartburn talking about this. Mm-hmm. Man. And so it took me <laughs> a long time to they pretty much it was it was unlistened to. It took my baby's mama moving out of state. Yeah. 
to finally be like, look, now do you believe me? Mm-hmm. Now she's not here. She can't collect California. <clears throat> and then that's when I was, you know, I, I, they, I was, I didn't have to pay child support anymore. I was yeah. on the hook for back child support, dude. <laughs> but I didn't have to pay child support anymore. And it was just the weirdest thing having your kids and not being able to really give them what they need because you got to give the money out, you know? Yeah. I, I, I'll make you feel better. A lot of the stuff I was going to put out there publicly, but I don't care. My son's an adult now and this is many years ago, but you know, for many years after I got 50, 50 custody, my son, when he was two years old, um, you know, I had 50, 50 custody. That means 50, 50 legal and physical. So one week on, one week off right down the middle, even though we notarized it, the court still asked me to pay, for like his insurance, all the other stuff, right? Medical insurance, all that stuff, right? Um, but, you know, she took me, you know, for the first couple of years, it was cool. Then she started dating. Guy got in her ear, so then she put me on child support. Now, at 50-50, I was still paying $750 a month in child support. Every month. On top of the court ordering me to pay for his medical insurance, dental visit, uh, vision, and on top of that for me to pay for all extracurricular activities, which was karate, soccer. It's expensive, right? Yeah. Basically, let's just say it was $1,000 a month I was paying for everything. Um, and that went on for years, for years. And the court system was so screwed up. Like, I would try to go back. Nope, because every time we go back, she would go on welfare or whatever. Um People are going to laugh at this when they hear this because they don't know they don't know the story about her. But, but you know, it's the reality. And the thing is, she played the system very well. And then when I got full custody, full custody, I mean, 100% legal and physical, she had none at all. Um, here's the thing about the court system, which I did not appreciate at all, to be quite frank. When I was going through that, I want to go turn, I was going to go turn off child support and just say, let's be done with it. You know what I mean? Because even though I had full custody for like three months, it took three, almost four months where I was still paying $750 a month. Before they could turn it off, even though I had full custody yeah. given by the courts, because it took that long to get into court, I was like, "Let's just turn it off." And the female lawyers were like, "Well, why don't you put on child support?" I was like, "I don't care about her money. Yeah, no. I just want to take care of my kid. Oh, fuck her money, you know." They literally sat there and were like, "You're stupid. You're dumb. You should put on child support." I'm like, "Is this what you guys do with women? Is this why women are so fucked up? Because you guys are sitting in their ear telling them this? Is this why the child support?" I was thinking, "This is what I was thinking. I wasn't saying it right." I was like, "No, ma'am, I'm fine." I just want to end this right now. I'll get out of court. This is my last court thing I had to do. I got full custody. I don't care about her money. She's like, no, but you really are dumb. Like, I would say even ignorant. You should put on child support. Dude, I was there for like eight hours the entire day going through that court system. By the end of the day, I was like, okay, fuck it. Put on child support. She was only ordered to pay $400 a month. Now, $400 a month at no custody when I was paying $750 at $50.50. Now, I know they say it's a whole mathematical thing and blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Bullshit. I still got screwed over. I paid for years at $750 a month. The system is so screwed up to the real fathers out there, man. And not only that, but like you said, if it hits you like, um, if it hits you on a back pay stance, it ruins your credit and it ruins your credit for life. Yeah, there's no getting out of the back pay. No, no, it's, it's it's a judgment lien on you by a state like it's like I don't I don't I don't want to say the wrong thing, but it's basically like a lien and a judgment against you by some kind of state office, which stays on your credit. It's one of those things that never goes off your credit. So my credit will always have a ding. Like I'll never have a, I'll have like a seven eighty seven ninety, but I'll never have an eight hundred. You know what I mean? Like I'll never get there because of that, and it's never coming off, and you can't get it off as far as I know off your credit report. It's there forever, and screwed me up, man. So yeah, hopefully system. they put some work in revamping that thing because it's pretty it, messed up. I looked into it. It is a mathematical equation, but the problem is what they need to revamp is they need to revamp um, how they how they look into people's yeah, investigate, finance. Right? Yeah, yeah, they need to investigate better because the reality is 
all that stuff was nothing more than her going on welfare right before or on Medi-Cal right before or whatever. But the system is really screwed up too because um, I don't want to get too deep into the financial piece, of it, but it's not fair. Trust me. It cost me tens of thousands of dollars over the years, just in legal fees. And on top of that, tens of thousands of dollars in child support that when I got full custody, I was, and then she didn't pay it for the longest time. I didn't even see any of that money. So I ended up just saying, just turn it off. I don't care. So after a while, I just, they, they were telling me to go into court to kind of continue it. I just didn't go. They just turned it off. And then she, whatever, a couple thousand dollars she owed or whatever, she ended up paying over time. I was like, I don't care. I don't want her money. I don't care about that. You know, yeah. don't care about the money. The money, the money is the least of my, my worries, but it does suck though. You know, it does suck for the right parents, you know? My turn. Yeah, your turn. <laughs> um, so, all right. So, uh, just chatting about the, I want to talk about, so, so back to the single father yeah. thing, right? So, um, I was looking to, because being a single father is kind of a, an important topic to me. And yeah. I was like, you know, I want to kind of touch on that a bit. And the reason why is because there's a lot of my friends that I grew up with uh, today that are my age, you know, we're a little bit older, you know, you know, 30s and 40s. Um, and there's a lot of them that are single, f- not just single fathers. But, uh, let me make, let me make the distinction. Well, full time single fathers mean that they have their kids full time, yeah. and the mothers are not involved at all. Um, and times are definitely changing. And I kind of just wanted to touch on that a bit because, um, to me as a full time single father, uh, it, it's important to note that like there's, a, there's there's a bad stigma about dads not being around, you know. Yeah. But trust me, there's a lot of dads that are around these days. Yeah, um, I know we, we've talked about like the struggles and, and things like that. Um, but but also when I, when I think about um, having my daughter in my life every day, mm-hmm. right, and, and her being in my care, uh, and I just think about like you know just the life that I lived before, right, being out of the system and, and my my addiction issues, right, and um, the um, the biggest. I would say since getting my life back on track, the biggest blessing has been to have my daughter in my life every day, right? Yeah. And have her own place. And, um, you know, do it right. Do it legit, you know? And so, like, because there's, I don't think my under my daughter really understands, and she probably never will, but there's been a lot of times where I've been tempted to go back to that life or just, you know, make those bad choices again. Yeah. But then I think about her and everything she's been through already, and and I don't want her to go through that again. You know, so when they talk about how, you know, people always say, oh, my kids saved my life. They changed my life. Well, you know, it happens a lot with me and my daughter, you know, like because she's 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 my responsibility. But I also love to be a father. You know, Mm -hmm. the things that I get to do. Right. I get to chauffeur sometimes. Right. Her (laughs) her and her and a bunch of teenage girls. You enjoy that? Yeah, (laughs) I do. I enjoy doing that. I I enjoy, you know, sometimes she'll be like. You know, sometimes she'll act really helpless and, and, and be like, hey, can you do this? And I'll be like, yeah. You know, or sometimes she knows everything, so she don't need my help. Right. And I just wait for her, right, to struggle, right? And so um, I do, you know, financially it is, it, it, it's, I'm in a situation, my situation's a little bit different, right? Because my daughter was not in my custody for a long time and she was with her grandmother, so now that my daughter is with me, like financially, I'm in that, um, I, I can't get any assistance, right? So whatever I make, I make. And and I've always thought, and I'm also going to school, right? So I've always thought about like, maybe I could do some more work or maybe I could get this job. But what that means, what that means, it's taking away more time away from my daughter. And, and at, at this point, I, I mean, 
financially I'm, I'm okay and I make it and we have a nice place. I have a car. We always have food, right? We have everything we need. And so at this point in my life, I don't think that, you know, the, the money is so important to the point where, oh, I got to make my money. You know, people always like, it's all about, yeah. the, it's, that's not that important to me, right? Because I could have all that money, but then what about the less time that I have with my daughter? You know, right. I already work late as it is. So in the mornings, I'm grateful for the opportunity, right? Where, where while she's getting ready in the morning, it takes her two hours to get ready for school, right? That I could, um, I could go to the gym or I could go do what I need to do in the morning or sleep in or do whatever it is I need to do and get myself right while she's getting ready. And then, you know, I'm able to make her breakfast, right? I'm able to get her snacks ready. I'm able to wait for her be late every single day, <laughs> right? And I'm able to take her to school and take her cousin to school, whoever it is to school. You know, like I, I, I cherish that, that time, right? Yeah, because, because, yeah. You know, you listen to music. Um, I get to say bye to her. I get to make sure she goes to school. And then I get to get go home and get ready for work and do whatever it is I need to do. And, and it, it's, you know, like the thing that I think for me when I think about, right? And I know a lot of, I know a lot of people I grew up with, right? They, they, they've just like forgotten about their kids and they don't want to be that, right? And there's a lot, unfortunately, like you're saying, there's a lot of yeah. people we know, right? And a lot of people we grew up with. And we know that don't want to be fathers in in, in, in their lives. And, and, you know, I've, I've like, I try to encourage a lot of men that I know, you know, and share with them, like, what I've been through. Like, yeah, I wasn't in my daughter's life for a long time. But I, I got that opportunity back, you, you know, and I worked hard towards it, you know. And, and the all, you know, uh, a lot of times people want to trip, well, baby mom this, baby mom that. I was like, yeah, I, I could have did all that. I could have did all that. I could still do that, right? Because she's not around, but that's not going to help the situation. That's not going to make me a better father. It's not going to make our relationship better, you you know. And and there's times where I'm like, man, I wish the mom would do this, and the mom says she's going to do this, and she she's not capable of doing it. And I'm like, well, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm not going to say nothing bad about her. I'm not going to talk smack. I'm not get mad at her. I'm not going to get frustrated, stressed out. I'm just going to handle my business and and do it, you you know. And and, you know, I, I would just, you know, for for like fathers out there that that have given up on their kids or don't know what to do. I, I mean, for me, what worked for me was just focusing on myself and working on myself, right? Trying to become a better, a man, you know, through, for me, it was through a spiritual sense, yep. right? That's what I had to do through a spiritual sense and, and find my relationship that I have with, with, with God and, and, you know, deal with the issues that I have and work on them. Right. Yep. And become selfish in that way. And, and I had, you know, and, and over the years, I, I, you know, I got to see my daughter and spend time with her. And, and you, you know, and, and I, and she was very, you know, my daughter was really sweet during, during when we like rekindled our relationship. And now it's different, right? Now that we live together and, and she knows that I'm there for her, she could be any way she wants. Happy, sad, pissed off, super bored, tired, hungry, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And what, what I've learned from other parents is the reason that my daughter could act any way around me is because she knows that with me, she's safe and I'm always going to be there for her. And it took me a long time to earn that privilege back, you yeah. know? And so, I mean, I don't know. I love being a father. It's my favorite thing to do. You know, it, it really is. What I'm curious about, because I think what Javi and I, we, we had our kids. Yeah. You coming back and like you said, a lot of our homies that have kids, and that are still uh, 
not in their lives like how big was it to get through the guilt trip of like i haven't been there and now i want to be there uh my daughter would throw things at me sometimes and and <laughs> she made me cry she's literally made me yeah. cry and broke me down because she was telling the truth yeah right yeah. and she was telling the truth about things she'd say and so but to get through that was a little bit hard you know we went through our little honeymoon stage where i would take her here i would take mm-hmm. her there get her wherever she wants you know but then when i was like you know what i'm gonna i've always said i wanted to be like a, a great father so yeah i gotta get through that you know i gotta get through that so there was some there was some turbulence oh yeah you know yeah. and so there was turbulence and you know getting through it and 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 her seeing that like damn i can't push this guy away yeah right but, you, you yeah. know so i see that with my yeah. with my kid's mom you know she moved back in the state yeah. a couple years ago now and i think she deals a lot with that and she's still the, the guilt the guilt yeah, yeah, yeah i haven't yeah. been there and now i'm For gonna sure. be here do i be their best friend do i just be the the super mom that takes them everywhere spends on everything right and trying to balance that with well i'm gonna they're gonna not have respect for me at some point yeah if, if, if i just keep showing up they could walk all over me you know yeah. and that's her own journey that's something that she made that's the road she's got to go through right. with my kids i'm there for them on their support they could come and tell me whatever their experience was with their mom that day and i'm there for them she had her chance and i was there to try to help her she made the decisions now it's on her yep you know but i i think that's for you like what was the big moment that you said no i gotta i gotta give some discipline too i just can't be the the super dad that just buys everything she wants does everything she wants i don't know i think it was a lot of stuff um i can't pinpoint like uh, grad is it a gradual process yeah it was a process it, it was, was probably the, a little bit of both from both of your ends right like you know she you, she made it a little bit you made it a little bit you guys kind of met kind of halfway was, somewhere right well it was a trust process the trust yeah. right she i had to earn her trust and her respect back right because yeah. she didn't do anything to me it was me right. You know, so I knew that. And I had to accept the fact that I couldn't be like, why is she acting like that? I'm trying. You know, I couldn't, mm. right? Well, I would imagine when you said she made you cry. Yeah. That that released some of the pain she was having. I know? think it did. I think she let it out. Mm. And, then she, and then she didn't She didn't see me like running away or anything. Yeah, she yeah. see me come back. And she's like, all right. He's not leaving. Yeah. yeah. I got to be crazy with this. <laughs> Man, y'all, y'all make me want to go get someone pregnant and have a daughter now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do it. I'm don't. just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> tell you how that vasectomy is a good investment uh, I'm, gonna, I'm looking into it bro i'm just being a big baby because i don't want my nuts clipped but uh, they're, they're you know what daughters uh daughters g- girls like my daughter they, they, she has so much energy you know like when we're on vacation she was just like she pushes me you know like she pushes yeah. me to do like come on dad let's go dad 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 oh dad i want to you know it isn't <clears> always like you know and it's good for me you yeah. know, because I work all day and then I go to school, make sure she has everything. And I just want to relax sometimes. You would have been TV. in the hotel room at, in Hawaii the whole time. I, I don't know. <laughs> what I mean. Room but, service. Uh, that's right. You just got back from Hawaii. Yeah. Dude, that was awesome. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know because I spent a lot of money on that. So I don't know. But well, she was. For, right? she, the money's worth the memories, bro. Mm-hmm. Mostly for her, just watching her enjoy it. You yeah. know, because sometimes I want to be a grumpy old guy and I just want to chill. But then I watch her enjoying stuff and I'm like, oh. That's cool, you know. Yeah. She 
she's young, so she enjoys it. Oh, look, look uh, at the, oh, you know? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. I, 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 don't, <laughs> exactly. I don't know if it's a daughter or something. I just think that's a kid thing. You're just old, fool. Yeah. You're old. <laughs> <laughs> it is. You get old, man. I feel you, though. People be like, I want to go on this vacation and like, do this extreme shit. Like, no, I want to sit by the bar, by the pool, and just chill and do nothing. That's what <laughs> I want to do. Yeah, people watch. Yeah, so I want to people I, I watch, like, you know? I like the people watch. Too. Yeah, I don't want to be a, doing all this crazy extreme shit. Fuck your zip lining, man. Bring me a margarita. Let me sit by the pool. I did go, we did go zip lining, though. I did was zip lining. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah. See, you know what I mean? I'm cool. Like I want to chill, and you know, I'm lazy like that. I mean, it's really, it's really cool to hear you guys' stories, man, about uh, parenting experience. You know, um, sort of this. So we're touching. By the way, Gil, before you came back, we were uh, talking about the single parent thing. You know, and um, I just wanted to throw some numbers out there because I was reading on it last night. Because again, I have a lot of friends now that are single parents, and when I say single parents, I, I want to clarify again: single full time fathers. That means the mothers are not involved at all. Um, and then I was looking into uh, some children I know or kids I know, young men and uh, that are in my circle and all of them are being raised by their fathers and the mothers aren't involved. And I was like, this is crazy. So I, I looked into the numbers and I was, you know, reading uh, a few different articles and looking at different stats and there's stats all over the place about it. But the one stat I found that was kind of like mind blowing to me, uh, and I think it was from Single Parent Magazine, uh, said single parent magazine i think that's where it's from uh i'll put it in the notes when i release a podcast episode but it said that from 1960 until today adjusted for the population that single full-time full-time single fathers are nine times what they were in 1960 compared to today that's adjusted for the you know the growth in population because the population has grown mm -hmm. extremely but i was thinking nine times that's insane that's a fucking huge number man yeah, it makes you think, like, what's going on? Yeah, and what are we doing to help those fathers? Because, I mean, like I said, when I became a full-time father, like, it was unexpected. Like, I, I was doing the, you know, week on, week off, where you get the whole week where you can do whatever you want, and you can relax yeah. and kick your feet up and, you know, breathe deep and not worry about anything, and then you have a week where you're a father, uh, or a parent, rather, and then, you know, what are we doing to help, you know, these men? You know, I'm, I'm curious about that, and I couldn't, unfortunately, like, all the studies I would find would basically say we don't have enough statistics on this yet because I think it's a very new thing where it's growing in the court system. Just like I told you guys, the judge, when you know when I got full custody, he was like, he didn't outright apologize, but he's like, and he did say, though, he did say we're seeing a lot more cases these days than we ever have of fathers taking full custody of kids, and he did say I commend you. And that, to me, was like the vindicating thing where I was like, thank you. He wouldn't quite admit that, like, I was right. <laughs> Yeah, but he was like, hey, "We're seeing a lot more full-time single fathers and, and fathers stepping up." And I commend you, thank you for doing that. And I was like, "Well, I'm just being a dad in my mind, but thank you." I, I felt vindicated, like the court system finally sees me, you know? Yeah, because uh, you know, and I don't, I don't know what we're doing for fathers, because again, um, I think being, you know, if you're, you know, if you're a father, a full-time single father, like, there's a whole in if same thing if you're a full-time single mother, there's a whole other aspect of another sex that's being stripped out of the relationship of parents and children. And I don't know what we're doing to kind of help either one of those sexes. Right. And I mean, the fathers are a new thing. And I remember being like, let me say this. Let me ask you guys a question. Um, when your first child was born, so your daughter, your, it was your, My son your was son, the right? first, yeah. So do you remember the first few days, kind of what it felt like for me? I'll tell you my experience and then I want to hear your guys. So sure. the first, I remember the first few days I felt like I was like nothing. Because my son was just stuck on his mom's boob like 24-7 pretty much. And I was like, he doesn't even really care about me. Like, even yeah. when I hold him, he's just asleep. Like, but I could tell like his relationship with her was something. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
So like I felt like there was a very natural kind of like connection to motherhood, you know, where I think fatherhood came for me a little bit later in yeah. the process. You know, what was your experience like um, early on with your kids? Did, did you feel connected immediately? I felt connected obviously as a father. Like the moment they put my son in my arms, I um, will touch on this a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. But I, the way I describe it is I grew a vagina. Yeah. The immediate true. moment they put my son in my arms, I feel like I grew a vagina. And I'll talk, we'll talk yeah. about that later. Yeah. But I want to hear your guys' experiences like of what, you know, did, did you feel connected immediately or was it like a gradual thing? You want to go Vic or you? Uh, for fatherhood. I, I, I remember being in the hospital because I was there when she was born. And um, I, I was, <clears throat> unfortunately, I was, <laughs> I probably was high off pills during that time, <laughs> right? Lucky I was, you. I was, I was sober. <laughs> I was, it wasn't, I was during like a kind of a pill addiction. So you're probably yeah. down. Um, you're probably down. I was, yeah. I was, good. I was happy though. I remember yeah, yeah. being happy. He was calm you know, at least. Yeah, right? he was yeah. Very calm. out with anxiety, you know? Yeah, I mean, I was cool <laughs> and chill. I was happy because I've always wanted to be a, a father. I've always told myself, I don't want to be like my dad. Yeah, yeah. You know, I go, I'm not going to be like him. Ooh. I'm gonna be there for her, um, which wasn't always the story. That was now good, it that is was a good idea. Huh? It was, was a, a good, good idea. Yeah, yeah. Now, now I am yeah. not like him, and now I'm there present for yeah. my daughter. But um, yeah, it was I was happy. I was motivated. I remember uh, um, I was working in the union at the time and doing construction. And I remember that I would come home from work and she would be laying down, and and I remember like oh I would see her real quick, and I was like okay I'm gonna hurry up and shower so I could go hold her. Yeah, you know, yeah. I remember those were like the first right. like happy feelings. You know, like awesome. labor union or labor union. Yeah, yeah. So, that's cool. Yeah. See, yeah. for me, it was very much different. For me, it was like I want to hold him, but like when I hold him, I feel like he's just sleeping. It's like not a big deal. But like when he was with his mom, he was like breastfeeding, and he was like, I was like, I felt like it took like a good. I feel like the first two months were just mom and child almost. And then after that, I was like, oh, finally, I'm a part of this. Yeah. Hey, here I am. You know, yeah. like, hey, finally. It, it felt it felt really disconnected to me for the first, I would say, like, two. Not, I wouldn't say disconnected, but it just felt like I wanted there to be, I wanted to feel like, uh, how do I, how what do I got to do to get that? You know what I mean? Because I know there was a huge connection, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. immediately <clears throat> with, with, with mom and child. And so, for me, I don't know, but, I, but it was, it, what really um, dawned on me at the moment my son was born, I put him in my arms and I get back to his mom and started breastfeeding him. What I realized is like, holy shit, we're animals. This is nature. Like the fact that he just latched onto her, boom, he started eating right away. And I was like, we're animals. Yeah. Like if, if you ever wondered if we're part of nature, it's all there. It's just right look. there. Yep. You know what I mean? Like you don't got to teach a kid to suck a boob. Like they just know right away. Most kids, there's some kids that have problems mm -hmm. latching or whatever, but the general you know, bulk population of people that have kids, like their kids just, they know what they're doing. Yeah. You know, even like, the ones that have trouble, they know they're supposed to, they know they're supposed <laughs> they to, they just, just can't get yeah, on it. You know what I mean? On. Yeah. So, yeah. so, um, but anyway, so, so what was your experience like? Uh, for me, I think a lot of my experience had to do with, uh, me learning to not show emotions and thinking that was a part of life as a young male, you're just not supposed to show emotions. And so when I had my boy, um, I automatically knew I was his protector there wasn't a damn thing I was going to let happen to him, but there was no, like what you see in the movies and you see in the shows and you're just like, Oh, my whole life has changed. Right. And, and now I'm like what you said, <clears throat> the vagina moment, yeah. you know, I didn't get that. And I was expecting it. I was thinking when, when they came into this world and I seen him being born that that would happen, but it didn't. Right. And so back then at cottage hospital, you used to be able to, um, 
wherever they took him, you could follow as a parent. I took, I, I willed my son yeah. to the place. I didn't sleep. Yeah. I didn't sleep. I, I didn't said, yeah. oh, that's what I'm going to do. He, I'm not letting him out of my sight. And so I went through all that and I knew, I knew he was mine and I knew he was my responsibility and I was his dad, but there was no emotional change in Interesting. me at all. See, I, I experienced it different. Yeah. And, and that, but like a month or so later, I was watching the Lion King, which I had watched before, but now I have my son with me, you know, mm -hmm. here comes the vagina, right? Uh -uh. He, the, he grew a vagina too much. <laughs> well, Mufasa's hanging on a cliff. And his brother Scar sets him up, lets him go and kills him. All of a sudden, I've seen that. I've seen that clip before, and out of nowhere, I started crying. Yeah, and I was like, "What the hell is? What the hell is this?" But <laughs> I, I also had the 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 mind to be like, "Oh, now, okay, you're, you're a parent now. I'm a parent now." Yeah, and that's what. And and it was, you know, it wasn't so much that <clears throat> the brother betrayed brothers, but it was that Simba lost his dad yeah and what what's he gonna do now you know and yeah. that that's when the emotional change happened to me yeah see for me uh it was weird because the emotional change happened immediately but i didn't feel the connectionness to my kid right away it so took we, were opposite, we were opposite we were opposite where where for me i immediately i remember they put him in my arms man the way i describe it to people when they ask me especially new parents or like young guys are asking like oh when they ask me questions about being a father i'm like here the way i can describe it to you is that the moment they put my son into my arms, I immediately grew a vagina. And I describe this in that way is that like pre that moment, I was such an animal. I didn't give a shit. If I was at a family party and a kid fell over and bumped their head in the concrete, I'm like someone come get their kid. You know, like, whose kid is this? You yeah. know, someone come get this kid. Yeah. But immediately after my son was put in my arms, I was like my entire feeling changed to where like if I, now to, to this day, if I see a kid fall and bump their head, I'm like, oh shit, my asshole puckers. And I run up, try to help the kid out where before that I didn't care about that. It was different, and I and I get emotional over things. I had to get emotional over. Mm -hmm. I think there's a there's an and it's a biological thing. There's there's books and scientists that have talked about this. You know, um, uh, there's there's just a bunch of hormones that change within you once you have a kid, and uh, so that happened to me right away. And it was for all kids, not just my kid. You know, and and there was a very kind of emotional part to me that I didn't have before. And I was like, and to be honest, I didn't like it. Yeah. Early on, I was like, "Fuck this! This is stupid!" Like, what the? F I was really like, kind of like not with it, you know what I mean? Because yeah. I was young and I was dumb and I was an animal back then, you know. Now I'm glad I have that. Like I said, I'm still lacking the what you guys have is like the daughter perspective. I don't have that, you know. I think that's a whole other. That's another level on top of that. Yeah, I wanted know? it. I was I was yeah. hoping that I'd get what what you got <laughs> right because that's what I expected. Yeah. Put my kid in my arms and. Oh, just that's my world now. Yeah. And, and, and that wasn't. And I think I, um, I'm also the oldest. I don't know if you guys have younger siblings, but um, I had a lot of oldest. practice. You know, I, <laughs> I had a lot of practice growing up. So that I think that played a part in it, too. That's wild, man. So it's 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 a cool conversation because, again, there's not a lot of fathers who sit down and talk about this kind of stuff. And uh, I think this is going to sit well with a lot of people um, on my Instagram that, I you know, when I when I release this and and we get to talk, you know, to other fathers, there's a lot of fathers out there who feel really kind of just left out. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of single fathers, man. There's a bunch of them on my Instagram. It's insane how many of them hit me up often who are like, man, thanks for speaking out for me. Thanks for speaking about mental health. Thanks for, um, you know, speaking about being a single parent, that kind of stuff. Um, it's times are changing and, and um, 
you know, I just want men to know out there that there's other men out there that, that are dealing with the same thing, you know, because we don't often get together and talk about these kinds of things. Even with your homies, when you talk about your homies, it's kind of like it's very surface level sometimes, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's cool. It's cool to kind of talk about the stuff. Um, um, that brings up a question for me, Javi. Shoot. If you're open to it. Of course. What's the stance on negative talk about the other parent? Oh, I think I, I so. Man, so I'm taking a deep breath. So, so, yeah, so, so, uh, you know, my particular situation, um, I have been done, uh, what I would say is extremely dirty, uh, multiple times by the mother of my child, like extremely dirty. Me personally, not even what was done to my child, you know what I mean? So it's been, um, like, and I won't get too deep into it. The people from the neighborhood, they all know what's up. Uh, people, friends that I grew up with, they all know what's up. But let's just say that the dirtiest you can do a man as a as a, somebody in your relationship with was done. You know, not once, not twice, but a couple of times. Um, and so, but even so, even so, I always, always took the high road. In fact, this is the first time I'm even publicly speaking about it. Um, and most people, even people that are close to me, have no idea of some of the stuff I even talked about on this podcast because I kept it to myself for many years for two reasons. One is uh, I never, ever wanted to be that parent that talked shit about the other parent in front of my son. My son will tell you this to this day. I would always tell him, it's your mother. She is who she is. And the way I would describe it is that sometimes, because I dealt with the same thing. My, my, the same situation happened with my son happened with me, but it was my father, not my mom. So I can relate at that level. I can't relate in the sense that I think little boys need their moms, to be quite frank. So I can't relate at that layer, but I can relate that I lost a parent who then took off and split when they figured out how much work it was going to be to be a part of my life at the exact same age. Um, but knowing that, I always never, ever wanted to be like, yeah, she's this, she's that, blah, blah, blah. I never, ever put that into his ear. I would always just tell him, hey, when he would ask me questions, there's just some people in this world who probably shouldn't have kids. You know what I mean? Because they're incapable of, you know, putting things other uh, in front of, they're incapable of putting things first besides themselves. And so that doesn't mean that it's a bad person or whatever else. Just understand that it's nothing to do with you. Mm. And so that's kind of how I would describe it to him. Publicly, never spoken, really talked trash about her or anything like that. I mean, I could have done some horrible damage. Um, but I did never ever do that publicly or for my son just because Again, two reasons. I don't want my son to hate his mom. I don't want him growing up hating his mom, no matter how, you know, no matter what the situation was. But I also, as a man, knew because of my situation that kids ultimately will understand what parent is sort of the the bad parent, if you can put it into terms. You know what I mean? I didn't think he needed to hear that from me. I didn't think I needed to go out and scream at, you know, rooftops that she was this bad person. No, I don't need to do that. There's no reason for it. And I think it's bad that parents do that. Kids will figure it out over time. To answer, It's a long way of answering your question and saying that kids will figure it out on their own in time. And there's no reason for anyone else to know. Fuck everyone else's opinion. And, and at the end of the day, I will die knowing that I didn't poison my son's well when it comes to his mom. It's a big reason why I asked because yeah. exactly right. When parents are doing it, I feel they're poisoning their kids. Doesn't matter what the other parent does. Right. To the, to the kid... That's still their mom or that's still their dad. And uh, maybe the other parents heard or whatever they're doing it, but whatever they're saying or doing negatively towards the other parent, it's not in their kid's best interest. Right. 
And the kids figure it out. And there's no point. I mean, at the end of the day, I also think we should stop telling kids that they have to like, you have to love your family. You have to love your cousin. You have to love this. Because if people are toxic, they're toxic. And there's no reason in saying no matter whether they're blood or not, get them out of your life if they're toxic. You know what I mean? Yep. I'm a true believer in that too. You Absolutely. Know? Um, but, you know, it, it, there's no point to to disrespect the other parent. I think, honestly, man, it, it's an old adage and it sounds fucking stupid, but karma's a bitch. Karma, karma's a real thing in life. You know what I mean? What, call it If you want to call it karma, if you want to call it whatever you want to call it, you know, bad luck. Uh, mm. it, it happens and the reality is, uh, again, back to nature. Kids are going to know who the right parent, not the right parent, but the parent who was doing the right thing and the parent who was not, they figured that out on their own, man. And that's not to say that you can't come back, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's not to say that you can't, if you made some mistakes early on that you can't come back and redeem yourself, but that doesn't mean that you as a parent that is the, doing the right thing at the time needs to go blow that other parent. And I mean, we'll off, off air, I'll tell you guys some of the shit and you guys are going to go, damn, how did you not lose your fucking mind? I think I think it'll blow your mind. I but again, I don't need to air that out publicly. Mm-hmm. I don't. You know what I mean? But but yeah. So to answer your question, never thought it would be a cool thing to talk shit about to the parent. Never thought it was the right thing to do. Um, I will go to my grave, and this is something I the people that know me that I'm close to, and I've expressed to all of them that I'll go to my grave someday knowing that I did the right thing in the worst scenario ever. Worst well, scenario. It says a lot about, you know, your yeah. page is all about putting people on blast and yeah. letting it be known. So, yeah. but you're, to me, in my opinion, you make the right move. Yeah. You're not going to be hurting anybody, but your son, you know, yeah. and other than that, yeah. to me, if a woman is able to leave her child, they're built differently from us. It's yeah. un. they're an unhealthy person. Yeah. If they're, if they're able to leave the person that they carried for nine months, yeah. gave everything they put through their body into that child and they're able to leave mm-hmm. it. Something's unhealthy with them. And, and you know, that when we talk about what's, what's going on, how, how are, how is society serving men now that we're taking more responsibility? It's also <laughs> what about the question about the women? Like something's happening why why are they acting like this what's going yeah. on with them they yeah. need help as well you know I, i've been saying this and this is uh you know I, you know i was raised by extremely strong capable uh what i would even quote as badass women these women that days like oh, i'm fucking a bad bitch but no, no no trust me my mama my grandma my tias my ninas the women who raised me put their family first put themselves through college as single mothers and raised kids full-time they did th- those are some bad bitches because mm-hmm. you wear some high heels and you're half naked <laughs> on instagram that don't make you a bad bitch i'm sorry it doesn't in my opinion you yeah, know what i mean yeah. um but i think the biggest challenge i have with today's um uh uh I'm trying to figure out how to word, how to verbalize this. Um, but, you know, the, the fact that um, when I look at my mom's generation, let me say it this way. My mom's generation, you know, you know, being born in the early 60s, growing up in the 70s, you know, that was their time. It was their time when they were teenagers and partying, whatever, doing their thing uh, in 20s. Those women were the true, what I would call feminist, right? They fought because they didn't want men to objectify them sexually to have control over them. They didn't want men to, you know, they didn't like that men cussed and cheated. They didn't like all these things that men were doing, right? And so the one thing I say today that I don't think there's a woman out there who can who can even contest or complain or even have an objection to this is why are women today 
doing the exact same thing, the generation of today, doing the exact same things that their mothers complained about their fathers doing in the 70s. So to answer your question, when you say like, what are we, what's going on with women today? I don't know. But what I can tell you is they're doing the exact same thing and they're saying, well, if men can do it, we can do it. Well, here's the deal. I would have judged a man in the 70s for doing the same shit then as you're doing today. And your mothers did as well. So why are you doing the same shit? It's wild. And I don't know, I don't know where we're at. I mean, I, I, always, I say this often and, you know, women get really upset about this. And that's okay. Be upset all you want because it's the truth. And sometimes the truth hurts. Sometimes that truth pill is a truth. It's a hard pill to swallow, you know? But yeah. but uh, being raised by some badass women, I know. I was talking to my mom just the other day. And she's like, she's like, mijo. And my mom never cussed. She's like, these bitches are crazy, huh? I'm like, they're, they're getting crazy, mom. They are getting crazy. Like, And then my mom is like. The epitome of a badass, strong woman. I ain't going to deal with your shit. She divorced my father for being a piece of shit. Went and married a better man. Built a fucking amazing life. Like, she's that woman. Put herself through college. Like, she's that woman. You know what I mean? But even she's going like, okay. They are kind of crazy yeah. these days. You what's know what going I'm, on? What's yeah. going on? And I'm like, you know, mom, I don't know. And, and I think that at the end of the day, uh, what women fought for, the freedoms of, you know, freedoms of sexuality, of having a financial freedom, uh, a path with not having to deal with men, you know, like, you know, people don't realize two generations ago, our grandmothers had to ask our grandfathers for the ability to open a bank account. That's some fucked up shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, that's some fucked up shit. Like, but the thing is that the freedoms came so fast and so quick that I think this generation, I think we'll look back and women, even women are going to go, damn, we mismanaged the fuck out of that. Those freedoms are crazy, but we mismanaged the fuck out of that, you know? And part of the problem to me is that, like, the generation today, they're not dealing with, like, what our grandmothers dealt with, like, not being able to make account. Like, they had it they had it good. Well, a lot of that comes from not having a mission, not having a struggle. Right. You, you figure out your own problems. You make your own problems. It, yeah. And, I, yeah, I think right. that's where a lot of that comes from. And the, the, uh, the women back then, and you, I mean, you just see it. Because relationships get glorified. I gotta have a drink after this conversation. Yeah, yeah, we're having one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get roasted after this one. Go ahead, sorry. I, man, I just don't want the other side of what you just said to go unseen because totally. there's a lot of uh, what you would call strong women who put up with too much. I, uh, you know what I mean? My mom. My mom is a good example of that. I, I hear what you're saying, and I totally get it. I'm, and I don't want people to take what I said. And twist it, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It has like being this. Oh, because like, it will. It, they oh, they will. will. Yeah. This male chauvinist thing. But yeah. the reality is like, the reality is we're living in weird times. We're living yeah. in weird times. Yeah. When men and women both are wilding out and nobody's being responsible, who loses yeah, out? Who, yeah, who, who's going to be kids, responsible? Well, yeah, yeah. Who, the kids lose out on this. That's who ultimately loses out. And I don't know where we go from here. But it's like everything in society today. It's like the, I'm Democrat or I'm Republican. You know, I'm pro-gay, I'm anti-gay, I'm fucking Trump, anti-Trump. It's all the same shit, you know what I mean? It's, I don't know where we go. It's just, yeah. it's it's really a concerning time to live well, in. Well, I think it's education, right? <clears throat> just like the, the what we have right now is unprecedented. You can have a podcast. Yeah. Vic's been on a couple podcasts. He's like famous now on podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> famous you know? Vic, yeah. Victor you Vega. Know, I have a podcast. Yeah. And to me, we need more of that. Because we need to hear multiple people's opinions on what so we can make up our own mind. Right. And everyone's been used to being able to turn on the news, watch what the news tells them, and that's it. And so I think uh, if more strong 
feminine women can come on. Yeah. Um, healthy males come on and talk about it. That's how more uh, youngsters can learn. We should get, you know, some bad. Your wife seems like a badass. She's a black belt in jujitsu yeah, and all kinds of shit. You yeah. should get her on here with some friends. That's, that's where you got the ears. That's where you got the ears. That's where it started. So you guys don't know, but uh, Gil's got those cauliflower ears. You know, he's, he's the kind of guy that walks in a bar. You see his ears like, I'm not fucking with that guy. I want to be his friend. I want to be his he friend. He's like yeah. a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. No, but let's, let's get some badass chicks on the podcast. And, and you know, well, talk she's about down. Because, I mean, the reality is like, I, you know, I get rim, I get reamed all the time online by you know women who are like oh he's saying some shit i'm like no but the thing is like 90 percent of women are like what he's saying is true <laughs> like they're like what he's saying is true it's that 10 percent that are really upset and angry right now i'm like what i'm saying is just i'm just saying the truth that what we're living in more times i'm not again i appreciate love respect absolutely adore women yeah to the up to, to like like i would be a protective woman until the day i die you know what i mean like i just that's me but I'm also not going to just let you, you know, just fucking fly off the yeah. handle and me not say anything about it. You well, know what I mean? What like, I try to teach the youngsters is uh, if you're going to talk smack about somebody, you've better said something good about them at least 10 times before. You yes. Know? And I think with you, what I see on your page is you give a lot of women props and you talk oh, yeah. about their beauty and it doesn't matter. Yep. Don't put filters. doesn't matter about scars, stretch marks, whatever. And then every now and then you put some truth out there, that at least to what you yeah. feel. Wow. And of course, they're always going <laughs> to jump in on what they see at that time, you know. Yeah, but, but you do a good job of it, I think. I, I keep it really balanced, man. And, and you know, I get I get messages every day who are like, "Thank you so much for like really putting that shit out there from women, mm -hmm. from other women." I you bet know? Yeah. because they they because here's the deal: we're living in a time where uh, women are told that it's okay or it's amazing that you go to college, you get a career, you worry about money, and the last thing you do is kids. When like the most important thing you can do, whether you're a woman or a male, is raise kids. It's the most important thing you're going to do in your life. But women today who are like, I want to be a stay-at-home mom, they're chastised. They're yeah. looked down yeah. upon. It's like, you want to be a stay-at-home mom? What are you, a slave? You want to be barefoot and pregnant all day? Like, what do you mean? She wants to raise her kids. Now, I'm not saying that's what I'm not attracted to a woman who wants to be a stay-at-home mom. I, it's just not my thing. However, if that's what you want to do, that's fucking awesome. Because to me, that's the most important thing you can do is raise kids. Yeah, and it, to each their own, right? Yeah, to each like, their own. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know if I'd be attracted to that. I, I had a bad experience yeah. with with uh, my with the my mother and my children staying home and raising our kids. So yeah, I, I kind of look at it negatively. And I think a, as a woman, like the woman I have now, as a hustler and grinding with me and alongside me, right. I'm really attracted to that. At the same time, I'm also done having kids. Right. So when you throw kids into the mix, like what what happens? And there is no to each their own. Is yeah. What what I'm saying? Totally. I think I, when, just, when you guys talk about that, I think about like <clears throat> so like I do different stuff, right? I've worked with like different people in the community, and, and I try to give back just because of what I've been through. And I think, well, I help these people, and these people want me to go over here and do this, or. This family wants me to help out their family member or this homie wants this or this and that, right? And so what I've learned is like, yeah, that's cool, right? And I'm helping people out and I'm giving back to like my community and things like that just because of everything that I've done. But it, it all doesn't really matter if I'm not prioritizing taking care of my myself and my daughter, mm -hmm. you, you know, because it's just like, how am I going to spend all this time trying to save your family member or and, and help your kids when I'm not even taking care of my own. 
you know and, and so um so it, it took you know that's one of the challenges that i had to go through you know and i learned that you know mm -hmm. and i can't forget what's at home you know mm -hmm. i can't forget what's home because this person <clears throat> is dependent on me and looks to me for that you know and I can't throw that off on anybody else. You know, I, I had already did that. Where'd you learn that from, Vic? Because uh, um, they don't teach you that in Hard Knocks in, in Life, right? Cleveland. From, or, <laughs> from yeah, my, exactly. my conscience, <laughs> listening to my conscience. The Hard Knocks and, Life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just know it, right? Like, just like, like I said, when I'm taking care of myself and I sit there and I look, you know, I have to look at my, we talked about this earlier uh, off the podcast, but like looking at my mistakes, right? Looking at my faults. Right. And, and, and yeah, I'm human. And so I'm going to have faults and mistakes, but I also have a way to correct them and make them better. You know, I've been blessed with both. Right. And so it's, it's trying to make them better. And a lot of times the motivation is how to be, you know, really how to be a better father, be a better person, be a better friend, be a better employee, things like that. You, you know, but, but the thing that, you know, like I love my job, I work with kids. Right. And, and I love my job, but it's my job. And I put my best into it, but it's my job, you know, and the money is the money and I need it to survive, but I don't need the money to like live. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I need it to survive and to get what I need. But my, if, if there's, you know, I work as a treatment counselor, I've done some activist work. I've done work in, you know, pe with people in, in, in recovery. And I've done, you know, I got like these, these, I've earned like titles. I've had titles in different positions, but like the most important, the, the one that I have the most pride for is being a father. You know, yeah. that's, that's the one that there's nothing that can happen. That's going to take, it doesn't matter what, what, whatever society says, right? Because once I'm inside the house, all that, all that stuff's out the door. It doesn't matter how much money I have, what people think, what society thinks, what Instagram says, none of that. Right. It's being a father. That's like the thing, right? That's yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. yeah, and there's people that are gonna <clears throat> people aren't gonna see ninety nine percent of my life. People are gonna only, only see what I show them. Right. You know, they're not gonna see everything else. You know, I think that's what like Javi touched base on earlier was you go home and you get your cup filled. So yeah. then when you go to work, you're able to pour into others. Yeah. Like yeah. I know, I, I don't come from. I'm not motivated by struggle for what I do with solid. I'm motivated. Voted, I'm motivated by gratitude. Yeah. See, no. that's what I want. I want to hear no. more about that, and we should talk about solid too. By the way, yeah, I'm open yeah. to it. But let's uh, hear yeah. about what motivates. Touch on that. Because well, well, see, I don't know if people that are listening just to cut in a bit to kind of mm -hmm. touch on what solid is. It's a really important part of the conversation. Like, um, the solid is an organization out of Santa Barbara, California, that um, works with a lot of children, um, and you teach children a lot of uh, what I would call life skills. Yeah, well, our, our mission is instill confidence in them. Right. And so what we bring comes along with life skills, yeah. Uh, yeah. I would say they're, they're the life skills that a lot of parents don't teach their kids. Not because they don't want to, but because sometimes you got to get that 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 lesson from somebody else. Yeah. And I think I think Solid is a foundation that, um, uh, it, to be quite frank, I mean, I, I've, I've been extremely impressed with it. You know, I'm I'm so involved in a light weight. I'm a big for supporter. For a long time, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I've been supporting for a while now, and, and I, it's it's a uh, it's just an organization that I, that that I am proud of that it's in my city. You know, doing things with my kids, and it's in the neighborhood I I grew up in, like two blocks from there. I almost yeah. died on Solo Street. You yeah. know what I mean? I got hit by a we, truck we on that street. That. We talked about that last yeah. time, right? So, but uh, 
but you know, talk about solid. Talk about what it is. I know we've been you've been on the podcast before, but you know, there's going to be new listeners now, of course, uh, that don't know what solid is. But talk about it. Talk about how you guys work with kids, um, uh, um, and and just really touch on kind of the core principles and, and fundamentals and what you guys do because it's it's an amazing organization. Sure, thank you. Yeah. Solid's yeah. evolved over the couple of years. You know, we started uh, in 2019 as a failed attempt in my company to. Uh, to, uh, at that time, I was trying to help teens, show them how to work and 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 instill work ethic in them. And they were lacking in that area. And at that time, I said, well, let's look. I know you guys are showing up for work, but you're showing up like zombies. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to do you good. Right now, I'm soft on you guys because I want to help you. That's not what it's going to be like in the real world. So look, check it out. I'll pay you guys to come work out with me at the park. And there's a park called Dwight Murphy by the zoo. Dwight good, Murphy. You could do good bar work over there. And, yep. and so <clears throat> everybody agreed, of course. And to me, I was thinking, how not? I'm going to pay them. Yeah. And I and also, you know, I knew if they worked out, they'd feel better. They'd work better. Well, you know, five showed up the first day, three the next day, and then two, nobody. And so I had to go call another meeting. And I told them, look, we all we all committed to six weeks. You already stopped showing up. I'm going to be there for the six weeks in case you change your mind. I'm still going to be there and do it. And nobody showed up. And so I talked with my wife and I said, Hey, you know, I'm going to be still being out here. This didn't work out like I thought. And she said, well, well, you know, why don't we just invite the community then? And so we did. And people from the community came out and it was good. Kids, adults, and I said, okay, well, would you guys like to do another six weeks? And they said, yeah. And I said, is there anything else besides working out that you'd like to learn? They said boxing. And that's really where it was sparked from there. And so from that point, we, uh, 2020, we got invited to go to a gym. Actually, I mean, no, to a church that uh, Vic was actually involved in. And we took it into a church. So at this point, I said, okay, it's not this park thing anymore. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it more serious. Uh, COVID was, was kind of a, a, a barely known at that time, but I was like, I, I had already been 20 years in my job and I said, I can't help. I've been trying to help homies. I've been trying to help just regular guys try to get work. Now I try to do teens. It's just not working. And I shifted. I just said, I'm going to give all that up and I'm going to go all into, to just teaching kids how to, uh, I guess box, you know? Yeah. And cause I really, I want to instill confidence in kids, but that seems to be what they like. And so we went to the church and we did, we were, we went pretty tough there. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were there from the day one over there. <clears throat> and, uh, that's COVID ended up getting really serious. And that's when the whole world kind of shut down. Everybody had a quarantine. And so we had to shut down as well. Um, the month or two later, whatever happened after that, it wasn't the same at the church. Things had changed and, yeah we had to find a new home and that's where we went to superior fitness. Mm -hmm. And when we went to superior fitness, I said, look, I know that I want to teach kids more than boxing. I'm not even a boxer. I trained jujitsu, but yeah, I, before jujitsu, I trained boxing, but I already knew that kids have a rough time getting that close with each other. And, and that, you know, cause jujitsu is a pretty intimate sport. And so I said, well, in order to teach them confidence, I want to teach them how I learned. And that was through fighting. That was through work. And that was through lifting, fitness. Fitness. Yeah. And um, 
and the and the key ingredient the magic ingredient was family like family values and so i said i don't want to wait any longer i'm not just going to do um boxing and i spoke with my team and we said let's just do it let's teach them on mondays we'll teach them martial arts wednesday we'll teach them work ethic which how to use tools how to build things and friday we'll teach them fitness and then we kicked it off then and so we went from when we first started at the church it was five kids and that kind of grew a little and then uh uh, during it kind of blew up to 60 kids Dang. and we, we we were we've been going strong since the the school opening up again and kids able to go to school and sports opening up that has that has uh thrown some obstacles in our way so we've we pivot we adjust and we're still learning in the process right now but the mission stays the same so the way we do things may have changed a little bit but um but still, the mission is to teach through martial arts, work ethic, and fitness, and through uh, support from the community, from the parents who pay dues for their kids to be there, from people like yourselves who are investors in the solid. We've now have our own facility, which yeah. has its, its own dojo, it has its own workshop, and we're rolling into that right now, uh, where we have our we call them Crew One, which is five through eleven. And then crew two, which is 12 through teens. And and we're now opening up into workshops because with solid, we wanted to keep a core uh, students. We didn't want like the boys club thing where like just anybody can come uh, to me. That's great. They, they got a place to go. That's great. But what we wanted more of the like the Navy SEAL effect. Right. You know, we don't want just a big army. We want to. We want to pour into a, a group of kids so that then they can pour down into the next generation. Got it. And so uh, it's been going well. We have our crews. Now we've started to do workshops so we can open up to the community because we didn't want other kids to miss out. But we also have to like take baby steps. So we now we do workshops. So we did a self-defense workshop. You know, we'll do a work ethic workshop. And... Um, just barely at the tip of the iceberg right now, we've opened up to women to teach them self-defense and jujitsu. It's yeah. awesome, dude. Yeah, and it, to, to me, it's like, uh, that's just as needed as well. But It's like jujitsu stuff, right, for women? Jujitsu, yeah. Main core, core is jujitsu with self-defense awesome, on it as dude. well. Yeah. And um, we're barely branching out into adult jujitsu. And I'm, uh, I'm passionate <clears throat> about that because... We could teach the kids all we want, but if they're going back to an environment, they're in that environment more than they are at solid. So, right. you know, we don't know where it's going to lead, but of course we want to do our best to, to complete the mission and that's into instill confidence. And so if we could instill confidence in kids, women and men, then that will be more successful. Dude, I, so, so I, you know, I have, I have family that goes there now, right? I won't say their names out of privacy because they're kids, but I have three cousins that go there now and, and, um, multiple friends, kids who go there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, and it's, it's, I've not heard a single bad thing. Everyone just rants and raves about it. Um, you know, the fact that you teach kids everyday stuff, like, you know, it's aside from like the, you know, self-defense stuff, right. Which Mm -hmm. is awesome. But like how to build stuff with like, you know, how to use a drill. How do you use a table saw? How do you use 
all these things, right? Yeah. And teaching kids and, and, and like, you know, you see these little girls out there with like a, with a power tool and they're building yeah. stuff and it's like, it's, it's freaking amazing, man, to be smile honest. smile on their face. Yeah, yeah, they're loving it and, and you're teaching them real core stuff. And I also saw you were doing classes for like adults, like how do you, you know, if you want to learn how to do shit around your house, like how to replace a broken, you know, a, a hole in the drywall, yeah. for instance, you know yeah. what I mean? Like you're teaching adults how to do stuff and um, it's, it's such a, 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 a organization that helps the community in so many different levels and layers. Um, it's awesome, man. And, and I'm super, I, I want to see it grow. I really do. And right. I have a, you know, a lot of followers in the LA area. Right. And they're like, God, I wish I had this in my area. God, I, I wish that. I had this yeah, in my I area. I hear that a lot. God, yeah. I wish I had this in my area. Like, God, I wish my kids had this in my area. Like literally all the time, you know, there's a, there's a huge opportunity to grow that out there. You know yeah. I mean? I don't know how far you want to take it. Well, out. I, you know, with, I've talked with my team a lot and I don't ever see us saying, let's make solid go nationwide. Right. But what we do want to do is perfect the blueprint. Yep. And then if people want to learn it, they can come see us or we can go show them how it's done. Mm-hmm. But um, that's how I see it being done. Cause you, I, you can I, franchise it, bro. If you create the right blueprint, you could franchise it, not in the sense of like making, you know, a ton of cash on it, but you could definitely franchise mm-hmm. it to other people and teach the people how to do it. You know what I mean? And, and uh, you know, well, the way by, I by the way, see it's it, solid the, foundations, the, right? Solid foundations, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah solid yeah. foundations. Because you keep calling it solid. I was like, what's solid? Oh, solid that's foundations. a short, yeah. yeah a I know. Solid that's term. how you know yeah. it's working because if you could call something by one, one name, name, not the whole name, yeah. you know it's working. Yeah, Because yeah. I've been in meetings and they've said solid. Yeah. Like, well, that's good to know, Vic. <laughs> because it's solid, fool. It's solid. No, it, but, it's uh, it's amazing, man. But you know, when he was talking, and, and I work with youth, right? And mm-hmm. I, I work as a treatment counselor for adolescents. And a lot of time, the struggle is, like you were saying, like, what are they going to... So they spend like an hour with me, and we talk, and they get to share, and they get to, you know, and I get to like help them out. But then the, the, the struggle is like, what are they going to do now? You know, you got to go home. Mm-hmm. You no, know, a lot of times the environment is what pushes them to be in the position where they have to not always have to, but they choose or they have to. It depends on the situation where they got to come and see me, yep. you know, yeah. and talk with me. And the, and the environment is like the big part. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So, you talk to them and you send them right back to the reason why they came to you in the first yeah. place. Yeah. No, I was yeah. just thinking. I'm looking at this guy's face. I'm like, why is he so tan? He just got back from Hawaii. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. He's got that red tan on yeah. his face. Still. Yeah, I'm sure if you took off his shoes, he had the tan line of the, <laughs> the, the thongs right there. <laughs> you better have the full sock tan yeah. line. You better be up to your knees. I even lost my watch tan line. <laughs> no, man, I'm a uh, um, super happy to be you know to help where I can with the organization. Um, definitely want to help out on Instagram. Uh, unfortunately, I'm being attacked a little bit on Instagram right now, as you noticed. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. So my profile, um, which is a, which is a concern. We talked about this earlier, but it's a concern. Like getting the information out there is kind of tough sometimes. Um, and just because I posted some, uh, I wouldn't even call it anti-vaccine stuff. Just vaccine information. Yeah. Uh, Instagram is really going after me and uh, multiple people. Like I, I was seriously like a hundred and some people hit me up today. Like I can't tag you on something. I'm like I know. Uh, Instagram is basically upset. when I when I told you was that news to you? It was news to me, oh, okay. and then today, like another hundred and some came through. So yeah. you were the first one. Yeah, you were the first one, and then today, uh, I'll show you, man. The message is insane, and uh, it's just crazy because uh, you know this is a little bit off topic, but you know when when we were talking about earlier about how kind of where we at with society, not just women, but everything, right? When I mentioned like this versus that, you know what I mean, right versus left, it's crazy because. We're at a point in time right now where there's these huge corporations like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, 
um, that are platforms that, you know, a large percentage of the people in the world get their news from. Unfortunately, 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 you know what I mean? They get their news from because that's just where they're at. That's where they're at all day. And these platforms are private companies. And now they're silencing a certain sector or section of people because it doesn't go with the narrative of vaccines or all this other stuff, which, you know, I mean, the, the data and science, I mean, people always say, follow the science and you're stupid if you don't or follow the data. Well, you know, I hate to tell you, but scientists are bought just as well as like, Doctors are bought and everyone else is bought by these corporations. You know what I mean? They're so, bought, Javi, and also the uh, universe used to revolve around Earth. Well, yeah. Know? Then it revolved around the sun. Yep. Like it changes. You know, things change. Things change. Yeah. It's just, again, we're living in very volatile times. So uh, if you're listening to this podcast and for some reason you can't tag me, that's why. Because I posted mm-hmm. some factual data out there about vaccines that they didn't like. And, um, it's just, we're just, again, we're living in weird volatile times. And one of the things that they don't filter, at least to my knowledge, and even if they start to on social media, one of the things that we could do best is teach our kids how to think. Yeah. So at solid, we don't, uh, one of our, our, our uh, solid work ethic values is innovate, right? I tell them, I'm going to teach you everything I know. I'm going to bring other people in so they could teach you what they know, but it's up to you to make it your own. Yep. Like, don't just do what we tell you because you're only going to be as good as us. Yep. We want you to be better than us. And so if we can teach kids how to think, then they could watch CNN. They could watch Fox. Right. They could do, go on Twitter Question. and Instagram, put everything together and then make up their own opinion. And to me, that's our responsibility, whether it's on a podcast like this or a little clip on social media or just talking to somebody that's what we got to do and we got to do it. We got to yeah. do it over and over and over. Well, you know, we used to teach these kids, you know, the whole point of like school is critical thinking, you know, and now it's like the, it's like society's thinking for us. I don't know, man. It's crazy. I'll tell you, uh, I get a little bit off topic, but I've been following like big pundits and news people. And the most concerning thing to me today is that they're, all of them are openly talking about like civil war. They're openly communicating this. This is in the last couple of weeks where it's like, are we at that point? And they're like, basically, unless things change, unless we stop this us versus you mentality across the board with everything, like this country has nowhere to go at this point. And these are like very high level pundits that are talking. I'm like, no, that's not good talk. Don't put that out there in the masses. I hope yeah. we're not there yet. Yeah. But well, it's concerning, man. It's really it's concerning. concerning. It's you definitely talk, concerning, you know? You talk to people that uh, you've known all your life and that you're close to and Sometimes it gets a little sensitive when you talk about some of the sensitive subjects mm. and that's concerning. It's like, wow, well, we used to be able to talk about anything, right. you know, and, and, but if you dive in deeper, you ask them, well, what have you been listening to? And you hear what they're, they've been listening to. And you said, well, have you heard this? It's like, no. So like open your mind, like listen right. to different things, get, right. get, get, open up the funnel yeah, and then make a decision. Yeah, but you know, I always tell people that my my crazy Republican conservative friends think like I'm this hippie liberal weed smoker, and then my crazy hippie liberal friends think I'm like this Nazi white power, mm-hmm. you know, conservative guy, anti-abortion like yeah. guy. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm none of those. I'm right down the middle. Like, if um, I think I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Like, if I could describe my politics, it would be like. Um, I just want like gay married couples to be able to guard their marijuana plants with mm-hmm. AR-15s while paying the least amount of taxes when they go sell the weed. You know what I mean? Like I'm right down the middle, you know, like, like That's right. yeah. I don't fit. I I think if, I don't know, man, we're living in weird times. Let's end the podcast on this. 
Um, unless you guys have anything else you guys want to cover? No. We're two hours in. I can go long. I, mean, I can go long-winded, but I think we're good for now. Uh, just, I guess, one thing, Tana, what on what you were just saying right sure. now, is that a lot of the kids that, that we deal with, is you know they're told that gang life is bad and don't do this and don't do that. But if you look on the highest level, it's like Democrat Republicans. You know, like who are they being taught yeah. by? If you if you look at that, it's good. Like choose a party. But but you know back then and and because Vic sits on a board right now, and we got some chance to make a good change, right, Vic? Um, I'm I'm not in those meetings, but uh, I'm hoping so. But you know they're getting rid of YAs. And, are they and, really? And they're, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. And they're taking that money and they're supposed <clears throat> to put it somewhere else. And that's what the board that Vic sits so on. So talk like, about that board, man. And, and where are they going to do with the kids that are in YA today? So they're, um, every county <clears throat> is going to be responsible for their high-risk youth offenders. And it's not just going to be incarceration. They're looking for other stuff, right? Mental health services, substance use services, um, mentorship, um, educational opportunities, um, things that they can transition from like facility to wherever they're going home to things like that. Instead of just like, Oh, sit in this, sit in here for a couple of years and come out and do good. Go to gladiator school. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and then come and out. Yeah, well, why is yeah. nuts, man? So it was just, yeah. So the, 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 they actually stopped sending people in July and in two years, the, uh, the Y system will be extinct. So do, yeah. So they'll they'll they're gonna put them into programs or juvenile hall pretty much. They're gonna move juvenile around. hall. Yeah. Every will, yeah. There's yeah. Every county is gonna be responsible for their own kids. Okay. So that's what it is, and they're trying to create programs and stuff. And so I'm on the committee just because um, I'm uh, have that lived experience, right? Right from growing up in the juvenile system and just you know being honest, not telling them what they want to hear, just telling them the truth. You know, not like yeah. super like you need to listen to me and no, but just well, like fuck that. Hey. Like you tell them to listen to you. You lived <laughs> but here, bro. This is, but this is, <laughs> right? what it, you know, being honest and telling them. I, I, I tell them, I go, I could tell you everything that didn't work. Yeah. You know, that made what, me worse. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I go, man, those situations were bad. Like it was, it was, those were not good situations. You know, right. you guys take me away from my family and put me in an environment that made me worse. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Because because I was doing bad, so make me worse. So what made them decide to make that change? Have you got to learn mm, where that came? A from? A lot of it because of the why shutting down and <clears throat> them just trying to have a different approach. You know, um, not locking up kids for every time they make a mistake. You know, yeah. Uh, when uh, kids that are on probation are sent to me um, on my counseling job, um, I don't tell their probation officers anything. You know. Unless I only tell them what the kids tell me to tell them, you know, yeah. they, they could be getting high every day, but they're telling me why they're getting high every day. They're going through this, you know, and how am I going to help the kids? Say, hey, you're, you're, he's getting high every day. You should lock them. Like, that's not going to help them. Right. That's what happened to me. Right. Every time I mistake, go to June Hall, go to June Hall. Yeah. Right. Don't tell me what I did wrong. Don't show me how to be different. They didn't do that. Yeah. So it's just, just, it's just a fine line between me and you, for instance. Right. Yeah. Like I, I dealt with the court system at 12 years old. The first time I got arrested. Yeah. Right. Like, it's a fine line. Yeah. You know what I mean? I got very lucky in the court system multiple times. But I could have walked your path easily. Yeah. Most of my friends did. You know what I mean? So it's rehabilitation versus just incarceration, incarceration right? Yeah. That's really what it is. Yeah. And, 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 you know, like you said, like, what did you learn when you were in prison? I learned nothing. 
<laughs> how to do new burpees. <laughs> how to do burpees, right? How to rob, how to kill. <laughs> yeah. out, but it, I, I like kind of, they've changed the approach a little bit and I like it, you know? I like the different type of approach. They're more lenient, you know, like where I work, we're client-based. So even if the parent, even the parents, don't, the legalities at the job that I have, I'm not allowed to tell the parents a lot of things. I get even to if they're juveniles? Even if they're juveniles. If, they're 12, if you're 12 years and older, legally in California, you're allowed to put yourself into mental health or substance use services without the permission of a, your parent or guardian. As it should be. Yeah, you know? yeah that's good. That, that, that's why at Solid, we want the kids as young as possible. But we start at five because we found earlier than that they're just not ready for what we teach. Yeah. But man, once they hit, if if we get a new kid that's a, a preteen or a teen, it's ten times as hard to try to introduce what we're trying, the values that we're trying to put in them. Right. Because they're already set in their ways, and you know they already have this shield up, and they don't want to let it. Like, I would find it pretty hard for Solid to work with probation where kids are mandated to come with us right because it that's just not where we're best at man times are going to change because you know the prison industrial system has made billions of dollars for many many years right so i wonder what the uh i don't know so i'm kind of like on on a, a I think about the prison system and i think about our like when i say our people i mean like mexicanos chicanos yeah and i think about how like when we grew up, we were watching, you know, Colors and, you know, Boys Blood and Blood Out, American Boys in the Hood, American yeah. Me. There were movies that, like, well, today people, like, glorify the black, but they glorified violence and gang culture, you yeah. know what I mean? And, like, we did everything we could to be, like, the fools in Blood and Blood Out and fools, like, in American, yeah. you know, American Me. So do you, uh, you know, now that that prison, because that, that was, like, the prison, what they called the school to prison, pi- or school to prison pipeline, I think is what they called it. Um, it looks like, like, things are transforming now, right? So at some point... The prison systems are going to have a lot less people than they do now, yeah. right? They're going to have the real offenders, the murderers, the the people that did, you know, rapists, people that did real hardcore crimes are what are going to be in jail going forward. Um, do you think that the, what I would call prison culture is changing? Like like you said, like you learn how to do burpees, right? So you learn how to program, right? So every day you got to get up, you got to do burpees. Do you think that 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 that's going to change because there's going to be a lot less people in prison in the future. Well, I know, I know people that are getting out of prison now with degrees, right? <clears throat> Educational backgrounds and things like that. Right. You, obviously they have to make a choice in prison to say like, well, I'm not going to be involved in this stuff anymore. Right. And so they <clears throat> decided in there, you know, whatever it is, like, I don't want to be a part of that. And they give them opportunities. Right. And I, I know so, like I've met some of these people and they come out, you know, and they want to do good. Right. And they have the opportunity to do good because they they were given that opportunity in there to do something with their lives, right. you know. And so they're getting out with these degrees and these education. And so when they get out, they're just not a felon with the record. They also have this to help them out, you they know, got that and, and along with it. Yeah, because I mean, even for me, like um, everything that I've been through is now has opened doors for me, you know. But I had to show some consistency and not just be this wild guy straight out of jail and or straight off the streets but i had to show some consistent consistency and just like anything right any kind of job or or anything yeah that's what i was just about to say that's no big thing for a job you need consistency and you need people to trust you right yeah Yeah, but in today's times i mean 
Consistency is asking a lot from some of these kids. You know what I mean? Well, that's for a different kids, subject. It's yeah. yeah, it's different. That's, you know? I could get into the kid thing for a long time. Yeah, we can talk you about know? that till we're blue in the face. But yeah. Then we're just grumpy old men, you know? Yeah. Well, kids are, <laughs> kids are a product of us. Remember, we talked about that last time, too. Yeah, but they, they're a product of us so much. And we talk, yeah. we touched on yeah. that, too. Yeah, we're yeah. like, you know, society is a big part of this. Again, the, the, the Chicano gang culture, right? Like, I, I, it's crazy to me because there's a lot of people we grew up with who are like, anti-cop and anti-whatever i'm like but we it's because we grew up on a culture that's wildly different like our culture like again american me was something like we all my friends aspired to be well let's talk about american me because i like growing up especially you know we, we had homies who their aspiration was i want to go to pelican bay exactly it wasn't i wasn't i want to go to harvard up that are in pelican stuff bay like right that. Now. yeah and so with american me if you really look at the story because that's a true story right yep. or based on a true story the homie that started it gets stuck multiple times and thrown over the tier. You got a brother killing a brother. Yeah. If you have the right mindset, you're like, this is horrible. I don't want to live that life. Right. So it's a matter of the filter that you're watching that movie in, you know. But 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 I think we I think it's different times though, because as kids that was really glorified for like for us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like here's the deal: everyone can name two two names of act not actors but the names of what they the role they played in american me but if i ask them to name two southern states they probably can't tell me two southern <laughs> states you mm -hmm. know what i mean like yeah, you know, yeah. as far as make on as chicanos it was a glorified culture you know what i mean and it uh, we're just again we're just in weird times you know i'm stoked that ya is going away because ya is a horrible place from what i from what i've been told yeah. um uh, I'm happy that they're really looking into rehabilitation versus incarceration. Um, that's really good. Um, I'm just curious how the prison system is going to, how it's going to change, you know, because my only concern is, and I'm going to get reamed by a bunch of Chicanos right now. Shoot it. Is, is, and I, you know I me, mean? I'm not afraid to talk about any, to any topics, but you know, if you look at the releases that are going around in the state right now, right. Um, it's, there are some violent offenders, you know what I mean? And, and I grew up around some tough homeboys that, well, I love them and I'm glad they're on my team. I don't want them at a Sunday barbecue at the park with me and my family. You know what I mean? So how far do we take it? You know what I mean? And, and where is the line we draw where it's like, okay, this is the group of population we can save, but we can't save everybody. And that's just the reality. And where does that line drawn? You know, how, how, where, 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 where do we go from here? You know, like, Again, I'm, I'm super stoked about all the stuff we've talked about so far. But in California, this state is so full of shit, bro. I think they're going to take it to the extreme. You know, they're going to take it to the extreme where it's like, oh, well, let everyone go. You know, fucking we'll get everyone out of here, you know. And I'm like, mm -hmm. hey, I know some tough guys in prison right now that I love and care about. But I don't know if I want them hanging out at my family barbecue. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's, yeah. there's definitely some that are just that's their life now. Right. And. I definitely don't have the answer for that. I just like either. I said, I, I have a hard time working with teens. <laughs> let, let <laughs> I'm alone, just asking the question, let, you let know? Let alone convicted Fallons. And, <laughs> yeah. But but that's why I really do. That's why Solid pours into as, as young as we can get them because that's when they're still moldable. Yeah. And if we can mold them young, they can grow up and yeah. they can make a difference and then they can pass it down. And Solve down. the problem early. Yep. Solve the problem early, yeah. So I don't know. We'll leave that question open because I don't. I don't have an answer for that question either. It's just a question I ask because I know the state of California, man. They, you give them a, you know, an inch, they're gonna take a yard, and I don't know how far that's gonna go. You know, I don't know. I don't really don't know. But man, I'm stoked that they're closing down a lot of shit, and their rehabilitation is better than incarceration, and it's 
more cost effective. We'll see. The reality is we'll know 10 years from now, 20 years from now, we'll have the data to go, oh, it was a great idea or it was a bad idea. I think it's probably going to be somewhere in the middle. I think it's going to be like, hey, we blew a bunch of money. Shit didn't really change. Well, incarceration yeah. was supposed to be re- rehabilitation. Yeah, that's they what called they, it. Yeah. That, that's what they yeah. called it. That yeah. yeah. I don't know. Bullshit. I don't know. Sitting on a yard working out is rehab. No, Bullshit. but it's like yeah, I, I I think the money. Yeah. Put put the money in the private sector and let us see what we could do. Because right. to me, I'll take that over putting well, it in government's hands. You know? Don't well, not to. Uh, so the whole problem right now is that it is in the private sector. So the prison and school pipeline, all these prisons are ran by private companies that the government pays money to. So the reality is this is one of those things where you don't want the private sector to run it because the private sector is about money. What we don't want is a private sector running things that should be compassionate things. That is schools, hospitals, prisons, jails. Those things should not be run by the private sector because the private sector is about money and money only. I'm well, going to get my ass ruined about this, by the way, too. Well, I beg to differ, you know. To yeah. me, it's about the person, and it's about leader. I'm a private sector. What we do at Solid is private. Money I don't corrupts, want, I, though, Gil. Money I don't corrupts, want, I don't want the government anywhere involved. And, you know, I, I come from a business background. Yeah. I didn't start off nonprofit. I was in business for myself for 20 years before I started nonprofit. And so I know the joys of what it is to make money, but I also know now the joys of what it is to just poured back into your community and to kids totally so to me it's on the person and the government when you put it just in the government's hand it loses face okay i may have i may have said that wrong i don't think the government should be the only people to do these things but what i'm saying is that when it comes to the prison piece of this yeah the private sector is what really screwed us because the private sector was sitting on lobby you know they're up on dc capital hill out there and they have lobbyists out there saying hey you know, this is how prisons should be ran. And, you know, I mean, really, these are actually, they weren't even private. I think they're public companies. So no. people, could yeah. buy, like, people could buy stocks in them and be like, mm-hmm. oh, and if you're buying a stock in a company, you're buying a stock because you're hoping that stock grows over time. And what is your product? People. Prisoners. Put them, put them in there. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, yeah. Your, your, your product is prisoners. So if your product to grow your stock over time is prisoners, you're going to do everything you can to incarcerate people lock and not rehabilitate, yeah, lock them up yeah. and not re, you know, yeah. rehabilitate them. So um, I am a huge capitalist by the way i'm not saying i'm not i'm not saying i'm with you on that i'm saying sometimes for some things it doesn't work for some things you know what i mean no Uh, yeah i'm with you having what it is it comes down to is just you got we got to get more leaders out there that's what we need because it doesn't matter if you're government or private what 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 we need is leaders we need more of you and more of you in this community what we need both you guys thank you brother you know we need more of that and and that's what's really going to solve help solve this problem going forward you know we're trying to develop them as we speak. You are doing a good job at it, man. Any uh, any other thoughts, last words, will we cut it out? Dodgers game is coming up here in about 15 <laughs> minutes, bro. We're cutting the time um, short. That's it for me. <laughs> no, I'm good. It was good. Well, talk. I got some ideas and thoughts about today. Right. So. If there's any way I can help either of you guys in any of these things, man. Uh, you help me out a lot, Javi. You help solid foundations out a lot. And so I can't ask more of you, man. Uh, whatever it is, whatever else I can do, I would love to help, man. Uh, um, one thing about me is I like giving back in different areas wherever I can, when I can, you know, But I, and, I, and I try to. So, But, hey, gentlemen, thank you. Thank you. Thank Appreciate you, it, man. Kick-ass podcast. Time. It's good to be back on the mic. It's been almost three months. I took a little hiatus, man, because I got so busy with work and other stuff and just personal stuff, and um, I needed a break uh, from a lot of things. And so uh, it's good to be back on the mic, man. 
excited. It's episode number 23. Thank you for having What's us. What's up?